cute girl in Russia's KGB. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, June 10th, 2012. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 416. This is No Agenda. Possessing 50% of Breivik's sickness here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm waiting for Godot, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. I've heard that one. I pretty much know all your openings from four. I've never said waiting for yes, the dough. definitely. I said waiting for the dough oh. last time. <laughs> Big difference. Oh, is that it? Ah, <laughs> oh. well, it's official, uh, John. It's official. It is official. That what? Well, when it comes the to presidential uh, candidates or douchebags. Ne- <laughs> no. When it comes to lone wolves, you know the uh, Anders Breivik is still. Uh, you know, on trial, they're trying to figure uh, out if he's guy. sane or insane. This is the uh, the guy who killed you know, 70 people in Norway, bombed uh, government buildings. Yeah, pre-crime uh, guy. Yeah. Figured the kids are all going to become evildoers, so he killed them in advance. Yes. Yeah, so, that's, so a good, that's a good I like the symbolism of the pre-crime is good. <laughs> so Breivik's sanity is key to his ongoing trial. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, that dep- well, well, I'll tell you why. Because... That, deter- that determines whether he goes to jail for 20 years or whether he goes into uh, an institution. And uh, here it is. Uh, he has uh, Asperger's and Tourette's. <laughs> what a combination. So I've got 50%. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I only have a little bit more to go. I thought your Tourette's is going to be gone after the your uh, voodoo doctor. Uh, oh yeah, and well, it will punched be. you with a with a with a blanket or the, with a <laughs> wet noodle or something. <laughs> it's not a wet noodle. Uh, it will. I have that's, faith. Hey, that's no wet noodle. <laughs> right. In the morning. Let's uh, get it all started on a nice and happy note this morning, John. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. From the Bisco. <laughs> Sir Jeff Smith checks in once again with, <laughs> with another awesome jingle. That's a good one. We could use that. I like it. I like yeah, it. It's jazzy. It makes people feel good. Exactly. They just get it all and set up. Then they get our news analysis and then they go home, you know, normal. <laughs> no, we'll play it at the end of the show again, too. So then, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Actually, I have an end of show clip. You can play it right after that. It's perfect. Right. So when you're all when you're all uh, bummed out and uh, and f- freaking out about what's happening in the world, then we'll just uplift your spirit with a happy, happy, joy, joy jingle from Sir Jeff Smith. Thank you, Sir Jeff. We know you're out there. We know you're out there. Oh, man. Well, uh, how interesting was it that we uh, had a, a conversation about Ron Paul and his loyalty to his constituents and uh, his possible running interference in a uh, Huckabee sort of way for Romney? And what was it? 36 hours later, all of a sudden, Rand Paul comes out and endorses Mitt Romney. This was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Was it a shock to anyone? I, I don't think so. I think oh, oh, uh, well, if you've been reading, 
Yeah, it's, it was it was a big shock to a lot of people. Not the people I think who listen to No Agenda because if they <laughs> I don't heard think it, anybody listens to our show was, sh- was shocked in the least. <laughs> no. I wasn't. No, but that's my point. It's like we were like, yeah, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on here. You know, I said, hey, something's happening in alternative land, and then this comes out. But if you look at the people who don't listen to our show, oh my goodness, people. I mean, it, the, the, now it's gone. It's gotten so bad now that people are saying, I have not heard from Ron Paul in 72 hours. He's probably been kidnapped. <laughs> and uh you know it rained the theories range from uh the kidnap theory to um he's trying to get rand paul in as a trojan horse which and like i oh that's a good i, I don't think that's you know i don't think that really works that way i don't see what you know what good it's going to do uh but uh universally the uh, the Ron Paul camp is I, I think universally they hate Rand Paul right now they think he's a traitor you know he's betrayed his father it's it's really it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting to see how, well, how people you know, are handling this I don't this. understand I think it was ill timed I don't think he he needed to do it at all I think he could have done it and let's uh, just see, let's just be clear you do not have to endorse anybody there's no no you don't have to endorse anybody the only what reason you the, do- what's the point of it he's uh, Romney's in. Well, obviously, is it possi- it's, wait, wait, it's, is it possible that just as a side note here, hmm. is it possible that if you really did the math on this, that Romney's not really in and they needed this little nudge? Well, it certainly tipped him over the edge. That's for sure. And what I found interesting or egregious um, as a uh, as a, a, a Ron Paul supporter since uh, 2008 is what uh, Jesse Benton and now, you know, now everyone's hating Jesse Benton, of course. Uh, he's the campaign manager. He says, we're going to respectfully show that our people are here. They're talking about the convention in Tampa. And we're the way to the future, and we're here to work with people, and we're here to play ball. We're going to continue to fight for ideas moving forward, but we're going to be very respectful at the convention. Which is kind of the opposite of what the Ron Paul movement does. Is you know we 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 stand up for things, and uh, I, I you know to say we're going to be respectful basically means shut up and play along with the program. That I found to be like whoa. You know, of course we haven't heard we actually haven't heard from Ron Paul. Oh, he'll Ron Paul back his son. We already know that from listening to the Tarpley information. Right, but he hasn't done it yet. And, it, and it's been uh, three days well, now. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, maybe the son went off half cocked, you know, just did it when he shouldn't have. The timing was bad. The dad said not to do it now. And he said, oh, don't worry. Well, about I, will, it, I will say, I will say kids can be morons. And so he did it. And then now the, the old man's going to let him twist in the wind for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dad, kid, you sit on your own. Sit, you burned your britches. Sit on it. That, no, that's, that's possible. It's possible. Um. Hmm. Oh, whatever the case, will it'll shake out. It's funny that reaction was that. Though. I, I, it's funny that I don't even know that, by the way, because I wasn't look, looking in that direction. And I am actually kind of surprised by it. But again, we. It's funny how the show's perspective, uh, which is more realistic than what you get on the mainstream media, is uh, kind of blinds you to some of the crazy crap that goes on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Well, I, I will say though. That the series of events, which I noticed on May 10th, May 10th, Ron Paul, remember he had a breakfast with 
Um, oh, right, right. You pointed that breakfast out. That was a big deal. With Ben Bernanke, he wouldn't say what it was about. Right. The next day, the next day, he says, okay, we're not going to campaign in any more states. Then he's basically quiet. And then Rand Paul does this. So, you know, uh, was he threatened? That's possible. By It is, you know, I agree. It is possible. But I think he was presented with some information by some... By Bernanke. He, by Bernanke and people that he actually, other people that he respected as to how there's something, what's going on. Oh. Why, well, let's explore this for a second. Wait a minute. So he was presented some information and why would that stop his Well, let me, let me here's a, let's give me an example of how this kind of works. Okay. Uh, if, when Ronald Reagan first got in office, he was going on and on and on about the evil empire. And uh, and he just was shaking, rattling his sword over Russia. Mm-hmm. Then he went was one of the first presidents for a while that went to Russia and hung out. And he came back and he was mum about the evil empire. He never used the term again. And huh. uh, and of course, the over after he got out and then Bush got in, the whole thing fell apart. Right. Uh, I went to Russia during a kind of a period before it was became uh, before the commun- fall of communism. Just it was still a communist country, and when you go there for the first time, you j- it's a jaw dropper. It's like this is the, the, this evil empire is a is a fraud. It's it's right. it's dead in the water. It's a mess. It's horrible. I think I've mentioned this uh, on the show before. I went to uh, Moscow in 1988. Uh, this is before uh, right right at Reagan's uh, right at the end of his term. Right. And before our hero, David Hasselhoff, uh, broke down the wall, because uh, we, <laughs> we know Hasselhoff had everything to do with that, the Hoff. Um, and this was for the Moscow Music Peace Festival, which and it was, you know, it was communist Russia. And, and I, I remember we had the you know 17 camera video truck. We had Westwood one with the uh, five, you know, uh, area code. Uh, what's Long Island? Uh Five one seven or something, but you know, Long Island dial tone. You just pick up the phone. And you could just dial as if you're calling from Long Island. And in the hotel, if you wanted to make a phone call, you had to bribe the the, the lady with the mustache in the hallway twenty four hours in advance with toilet yes, every, paper and every, tuna every rolls. Floor of every uh, in a hotel, every floor had a little one, lady in there. Yeah, with one phone. With one and phone. She, you, you were supposed to constantly be giving her yeah, gifts. Give, yeah, exactly. Tuna fish and toilet paper rolls. Well, I know I brought, you know, it was a big hit. I, candy bars I was told to bring. But the other one that really paid off, because it, it was easy to pack, small little uh, uh, Hot Wheels, those little cars. <laughs> hot po- give, I thought you were going to say give, Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. Here. You were ready with the draw. That's good. No, little Hot Wheels, and then you give them, and they would give them, apparently, they would just brighten right up. Because oh, really? I guess it was a great gift to give to their grandchildren. I, um, no. See, my uh, I had a manager then, Lieber Krebs, and they uh, they managed Aerosmith, but they also managed the Moscow Circus. Remember that when the Moscow Circus came to America, was touring around? Right. Which was a pretty pathetic circus, I have to say. <laughs> the bears had like, you know, bald spots on them. And they're all chewed <laughs> up and stuff. Stitches. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, they knew it. They said, okay, whatever you do, you, you never, never, ever talk to any girls. They're all KGB. So, okay, KGB, check. Got it. And what you got to take is toilet paper rolls and tuna fish. They love it. So, anyway, 
So of I course, still take toilet paper because the toilet paper there is more like wax paper. What toilet paper? You had toilet paper in your room? I didn't have any toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, it, it was like it was like newsprint stuff. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> probably. It was, if you used it, all it did was smear things. You couldn't use it. You had to bring your own roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Smear. Yeah, it was, and then, smear. Then really, a, John? Hold the on, let soap me. bars were like the size. You know, the smallest, <laughs> smallest souvenir soap. That's right. Used and it was, but it was used. So Reagan went there, came back, and that was the end of his like complaining, because he knew it was over. Right, and and you all, everyone did. And so uh, I think that uh, Ron Paul was given a similar sort of tour, like, look, here's what's going to happen. We're, we're, this is not good. Okay, uh, so he's calmed down. But what, what? I don't think he was threatened. It doesn't make sense that he'd be threatened because he's he's old enough that he would come out and and discuss the threats. He wasn't like Ross Perot, who I think was threatened. And I think, and, and I think, out because he's still at a business. And now that I think about it, I think Santorum was probably threatened because he just went away, man. That dude just disappeared. He's gone. Have you heard a peep from Santorum? Yeah, there was something the other day, but it wasn't anything important. Oh. But yeah, he could have been. So, what kind of data could it have been then? What would make Ron Either Paul financial information, or hmm. maybe the Ford Knox is filled with tungsten? <laughs> I said Ron, listen, man, we'll let you go look at it, okay? But then you really <laughs> got to stop, okay? <laughs> and when you see that there's nothing there, you might as well just not say it. Or maybe the thing is filled with gold. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, whatever the case was, he was. I think he was shown or something, something happened to... there. I think the Bernanke meeting is key. Something happened there, and I, I'll agree with you. I don't think he was threatened, uh, but it, everything stopped right after that. Boom. Everything. He was shown. He was shown the light, as it were. Yeah. You know, here's the deal. You can go on in your merry way if you want, or you got this. And by the way, we'll keep. We'll take care of Rand for you. Right. Yeah, we'll we'll hook him up. Well, he's not I don't think he's going to be vice president. I think that's uh, you know, that's what everyone's saying now. Rand this Paul? Is, yeah, that's that's what that's ah, that's what they're all saying is he's doing this to become vice president, which I I mean, if if I were asked, of course I'd say yes, but I wouldn't want to be vice president. It's like a bogus job. They have to give if they want to really win for sure and have a reason to win other than rigging the election. They have to get uh the Florida guy in uh the 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 Latino Rubio, Florida, you know, Rubio, Rubio, Rubio. Yeah. I keep hearing Mitch Daniels. Yeah, I know I do too, but Rubio's the winner. Rubio's the guy that will win the election. He can win the election single-handedly. He's got the charisma. He'd be a good president if anything happens or if the, or if they continue, even though I don't think they're going to do very well. Hmm. And uh, maybe that's his fear. I mean, it depends on what he thinks of the, of the potential of the, I mean, the economy is still in the toilet and it's going to remain so through at yeah. least one term of Romney's, presidency so oh so you're on board with me now you're on board with romney that he's going to be the next president well you know i'm maybe i'm let's have a get a couple things straight (laughs) i have said recently that obama is looks like he's going to win the election i have predicted if you recall some time back that it was going to be romney and if you remember it's in the book i predicted romney before this whole thing started and then and the only mistake i made was i i if you it's going to be the vice president. You can't forget no, that I said I, I'm Romney, not forgetting Perry, that. Romney, but the, no, but then you went back and you said, "Oh, it's a shoe in. Obama's going to be reelected." That's uh, I remember. That's also in the book. That's all. No, I didn't put that in. The oh, book. That's no, all you remember is because now you think I, that I'm you know that. I no, can't. I, I, this is not the blame game. I'll tell you it, what. It, just what you're you're blaming me for 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 <laughs> making the observation that uh, I'm not going to even continue this conversation. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> what I think now, I, I don't know exactly how Huntsman should be the vice president. I don't know exactly how it works, but I have a feeling that you predicted something about horse racing, which came true with yeah. this. Explain yes, this again. That is in the book. Yeah, no, because you you started on this horse. Of course, we uh, I think we have a general thesis that all professional sports, no matter what it is, is rigged. Um, but you were specifically yeah, at the high end. I mean, it's not the, the joke end. of it. It's yeah. not rigged at the low. It's rigged at the small games, like you know, low level boxing. But the very high, high end. Yeah, where there's a lot of money. Yeah, where there's a lot of money. In fact, over on Saturday, yesterday, the biggest boxing match in the world took place with an upset. Uh, Manny Pacquiao lost to Timothy Bradley, and the betting line it had to make people a ton of money. And of course, now they're going to have a rematch, which will make another ton of money right. in pay per view. So, I mean, it's they, why would you not do this? Right. If so, you could, if you could do it. So, explain what you had said several weeks ago about horse racing, and then this horse that isn't going to that won't run or whatever. Somehow you predicted this. Well, the the, the game was as follows. They uh, it, in the big triple crown. We haven't had a triple crown winner forever, which actually, if you start thinking about it, because they used to have them all the time, uh, makes no sense. But it, it but it makes sense from a betting perspective, because if you can get a horse that looks like it's going to win the triple crown, the odds skew way out of control in favor of that horse. Mm. And uh, and so what you try to do is get a horse to win two uh, of the triple crowns and then lose to a long shot in the last race by either drugging the horse or, or fixing that somehow. I don't know how they do it. Ginger, not, up, ginger up his butt is what I've always heard. There's all kinds of what things you can do. Yeah. Whatever the case. Um, Feed him hot pockets. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you, so they, they, and then what you do is you get a you get a ringer in there in the one of the races that you want to win. And the, the one I remember is Barbaro. Although I thought it was a triple crown, so it was the second race where the where the horse, the fastest horse in the world, essentially wins the first race ridiculously with unbelievable length. It was, it was like he almost lapped the field. And then the next race, they, his one gate opens by itself. The, it just opens. Right, early. And, and then one horse runs out and breaks his leg. Right. I mean, because it was like, wait, wait, hold on, we can't be running. All right. So, so then a long shot wins. And so then, so what you run into with this time, they had to, they had to get rid of this horse because I guess they wouldn't play ball and lose the race. So somebody came and, you know, they, they, they kneecapped him or something. So he got injured somehow magically and he had to be pulled from the race. Oh, yeah. And so then, you know, some obscure horse won which was the horse designed to win for the big money. So it's a betting, you, yeah. you can, you know, you get big odds, you get a lot of money. So what is, uh, what it's time for once again, because of course, uh, you know, I follow all of the European news. I can read a lot of it. I speak some of the languages and read several others. <laughs> and I use Google translate to help me along. Uh, but while the uh, Eurozone, the United States of Europe is uh, uh, teetering on the brink at the tipping point, use whatever you want. We have uh, in progress now Euro 2012, John. Euro 2012, very exciting. Uh, Soccer. Yes. Uh, this is the. And uh, by the way, I want to give you props, even though we're not here to just compliment each other. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, to, to play each other's skin flute. Yes. For predicting the. <laughs> predicting the. the 
matches beautifully. Right. Now, I've been pretty uh, pretty right on in the in the past, uh, and based on socioeconomic based on, reasons. Oh, right. Not by, based on anything. No. It no, doesn't even know how the game is played. No, I do know there's 11 players on each team, and I know how it works if you go into overtime. And, uh, and, I, and I never watch a game. I only watch the final match, or maybe if there's a semifinal and the Netherlands is in it, where I come from. But it's, so first of all, it's very interesting to see, because, you know, the Netherlands was going to be playing Denmark, and this was supposed to be a shoe-in. You know, this was supposed to be easy. And you have to understand, with, uh, with the national teams, then even the players that are playing at, you know, at Chelsea or, or Bayern Munich, you know, uh, different uh, uh, European uh, teams, they all come together and they play on their own uh, home country's team. So, you know, we had some pretty strong players, uh, and I say we, and there you go. And, of course, the Dutch... Get so into this, and and it's necessary. This is why it's socioeconomic. Who wins is very important. You know, people are painting their houses orange. You know, they dip themselves in orange paint. Uh, it's just a bonanza of orange. That being the national color of the Netherlands, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is going to be great," you know, because we're getting screwed by the elites. The ESM is going to tap our bank accounts. We got austerity, but we're going to win Euro two thousand twelve. And uh, and Denmark beat them. <laughs> beat them by one to zero. And even the Danes were like, holy crap, we beat him. I can't believe that. So not this, and they're doing sudden death this year. I've been reading up now. So the Netherlands has to win the next two games in order to advance to, uh, to the next round. But I think it's now time. And I've set up a, uh, a little, uh, discussion tree at Euro 2012. Go to it, John. Now, if you don't mind, Euro 2012.curry.com. And uh, this is where everyone can participate. There's a little comment link next to each uh, country that is still in the game. And you can click on that and you can, you know, basically say, you know, here's why I think this country will or will not win. And I'm not ready to make a prediction yet. I mean, of course, the list is still quite big. We have at least, what, 12, 14 teams left. Uh, But everyone's kind of on board with not about how the guys play, but which country would benefit the most from winning. Uh, based upon the elitist who uh, control these matches, and well, and and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, let me let me give you my thoughts right now. I'm not ready to make a prediction yet. First of all, the Netherlands would be great for them because the the, the slaves there are so stupid that you know they were you can you can go in and rob their house if they win Euro 2012. They were like, hey, you want my bike again? Here, take it. They just give it to you. It would be great for the Netherlands, and they're on, you know, it's, it's a tinderbox there right now. The government's fallen, uh, austerity measures are kicking in, people are unhappy, They've, there's a huge uh, racism problem with uh, Muslims, it's big problems. So, tinderbox. It would be great for the Netherlands. On the other hand... Um, By the way... Yes. It's C... It's C Z E C H Republic, not Czech. It's not like uh, a bank banking deal. I'm sorry, it's uh, I'm an idiot. Let me change it right now. C Ooh, Yeah, it's important. It's gotta be right. C Z E C H. C what I put Czech. <laughs> like checkmate. <laughs> C Z E what is it? C H. C H. Okay. Fixed. Um 
All right, go on. The Netherlands. Uh, I, I, I'm just off the top of my head. I say Spain for sure. No, 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 okay, no. Okay, well, your logic on this seems to always trump mine. No. So what is it? I think you know, the countries that are lost are lost. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, so you think Spain's out? Well, the, you know what? I'm actually, I'm thinking that if this, because there is no union, really. I mean, now Germany, I feel if Germany wins, that's the beginning of World War Three. Everyone will freak okay, that out. that won't happen. Right. Now, I, I will say that someone posted in there, it was actually a pretty good post. Uh, let me bring it up here. Germany, uh, I see it differently. Germany needs to know the world loves them because they're going to have to merge their economy with a bunch of basket cases at least they have to feel appreciated, or else they'll start World War III. So I thought that was an interesting take, but no, I don't think Germany can win. That would be a problem. But if it's, just pure, if, you know, it's money that makes it win, obviously. I'm thinking that Russia has a really good shot just to, sh- you know, that, that Putin will put everything he's got into this, everything he's got, just to make, just to make it come true for Russia, just to, sh- I, just to show. Then I would take the Ukraine. You take Ukraine. There is something going on with Russia, though. You know, right now, uh, UEFA, which is the organizing body, has charged the Russian Soccer Association with improper conduct by its supporters uh, who were uh, who are harassing the Czech players. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Were they bullying them? Yes, bullying. <laughs> they were verbally abusing Czech defender Theodore Selassie, who was black. Which. Um, so, I, but right now I'm thinking Russia might actually they might do something. I'm, I'm sticking with. Well, you why why, why why do you choose Ukraine? Why does Ukraine need the win? What's it what's it going to do for them? Well, I think Ukraine is the most corrupt of all these countries, so they need yeah. to win so they could their gambling interests can win. I, mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's some of that involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a thing going on with the Russians. They always them and the Russians are always going at each other. I mean, let's look at the ones who can't win. England. No, they got it. The Olympics, that's their gift. Yeah, France, they, they got no that. way. Fr- Sweden, they got I Holanda, doubt it. Spain, Sweden. you already kind of them. Croatia, why? <laughs> Germany won't win. I don't see, there's nothing. Denmark's got nothing Den- going Denmark's on. Denmark's already yeah. out. Yeah. Port- no, no, Netherlands, no, no, no. Netherlands is not out. Netherlands, uh, I'm, I'm still thinking Netherlands is the one that they want to win. Netherlands got a lot of money. They need a lot of money to, to flow into the, the other banks. And by the way, if you look at these, these national teams, you know who sponsors these teams? Banks. This is no joke. Banks sponsor these teams. You got the a- ABN AMRO. It's getting to be like rollerball. <laughs> roller. It's no different from roller derby. I think we need to spice it up a bit. We just need, you know, if you like miss a goal, then you get shot by a drone or something. That would make it a little more <laughs> exciting. Now, Greece, of course, no way, because Greece is already done. You know, it's over with. And we're not going to get... And it also... Well, it, it depends. if Greece on June 17th, when they go to vote, if they vote to uh, take the take more lashings and to bail out the banks and take, you know, instead of just saying, screw you, bankers, then they could be back in the game. Then they could be back. It's just too early to call. The field is too broad. All right, well, let's put it off and then we'll talk about this in a okay. few. All right. Uh, All when right. we get it down to the second or third round. Before we thank we- our executive producers for this episode, uh, something new that I've reminded myself and I am uh, I've put in my uh, my little work notes here. I want to thank the previous episode's artist because this is something that uh, we for some reason you know the show's over you're done show notes are published and then you kind of forget about it but then the That's artist a good idea. even though the artist always gets a credit the artist never gets really credited on the show because the show's over by the time we choose the art so uh, last episode's art which was episode 415 with the uh, douche book 
art was Thorin. And uh, we thank him very much for uh, for making that. And, of course, you can always go to noagendaartgenerator.com. It's a snappy one to remember. noagendaartgenerator.com. And you can uh, participate there. And also look at some of the great art that uh, wasn't chosen but is still awesome to look at. Yeah, we've got great artists. Okay, well, we do want to thank a few people. Uh, we got two, three executive producers and two associate executive producers that, that came in to help us on show of 416. And, uh, and, and two of the executive producers are Instanites. Instanites. Including Ryan Bemrose out of Everett, Washington. Boeing country. Uh, who came in with a $1,000 uh, uh, donation. Hi, John and Adam. No numerology here. Just straight value for value. And listeners since show 33. Adam is the best investigative reporter in the business. <laughs> normally, I'd, normally I'd edit that sort of thing out, but with $1,000, I have no choice. Would you please, you know, I wish my mom were still alive. Uh, I would send the clip of that. <laughs> But really? You amounted to something? Are you kidding kidding me? me? (laughs) And John brings the show extensive knowledge about everything except technology. Now, if your mom were alive, she'd love to hear that, wouldn't she? (laughs) Except technology. (laughs) I'd like to give this knighthood to my wife, Lisa. This goes to Lisa. Do we have that correct? Uh, Let me make sure it's on the list properly. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I'll check it. Who doesn't listen as regularly as I do, but loves the show and has made no agenda staple during road trips. Don't ever stop what you're doing. The world needs people like you, even if you don't know it as often as we should. I look forward to the next year when the Hot Pockets Tour visits the Pacific Northwest. And then we have an anonymous uh, Sarasota uh, donor uh, who didn't want to be mentioned, which is weird for a night, but it's $1,000. Hi, John and Ab, been a long-time listener, monthly subscriber. is appalled by the lack of donations lately, although I'm a little behind in my listing. It may have picked up since then. I wanted to know, show my appreciation for all the hard work you do. Uh, your podcast is a bright and shining beacon in the darkness. That's so Indeed. nice. So these, uh, are, these are, as I uh, had asked, I said, I, we need new donors to come in. And it looks like uh, these are, well, not all, obviously, as I can see looking down the list. But, well, we'll, ch- we'll check it later. I said I needed at least to see 10 new names. Well, I think there's more than 10 because yeah. we have uh, a lot of people that donated. But yeah, the under, average under donation is exactly the same. Which is weird, but huh. so it means that we had more, we had newbies that yes. came in. Well, good, good. Uh, Sir Charles Jordan in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, one of our standing nights, or he's going to be no, a he's night. going to be a night No, today. it's his second night he's on. Oh, my goodness. 3.30, In the morning, uh, gentlemen, this is my donation. My second knighthood is complete. Give it to my buddy, John Chernick. Yep, got it. Got it got on that. the list. Okay. Foundationbar.com. Foundationbar.com. If you're in Milwaukee, go there. It's Milwaukee's best Mai Tai. I don't know if that says much, but <laughs> I love uh, going into place and say, give me a Mai Tai. <laughs> give me a Mai Tai. <laughs> Mofo. <laughs> the foundationbar.com. Like go check it out. Foundationbar.com. We'll give him a nice plug. Sir Baroslav Marinoff ah, uh, yeah. comes in as an executive pro- associate executive producer from Eliso, Eliso Viejo. Also, a, uh, it's, a, it's a second knighthood. Ooh, do we do we have that on there? Yeah. Send karma to my still expecting wife and son, human resource. No, wait a minute. This is wrong. This, I think uh, Buzzkill messed it up. Buzzkill Jr., I'm sorry. No, he messed uh, it up. Okay, no, well, we'll put okay. this straight it out. We can always it's do okay. it on Thursday. Yeah, I think we're okay. And it Matthew matter. Davis Good. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, exit out. Matthew Davis in Raleigh, North Carolina, emptying my PayPal account. By the way, this is what he did. He emptied his PayPal account. It's not a bad thing to do. Would rather you guys have it than let it sit and collect no interest on it. 
have Adam say clip the way he enunciates, enunciates. Have him say clip the way he enunciates. It's cool. Clip. Clip? Clip. 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 Clop. I don't know. I don't know what he wants. He I, likes you to say clip. I don't listen, know. Maybe for 200 say bucks, I'll say whatever you want. Clip, clip, clip. <laughs> yeah, how many times do you want me to say it? Clip. Niner, niner, niner. Clip, clip, clip. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, those are our executive producers uh, and associate executive producers for show 416. Remind everybody to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channel Dvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com and click on the donate button there. Yeah, uh, and uh, we would like continued support. We really appreciate these uh, these particular donations and all the other people donated. We'll get to later in the show. And if you got kids in the room, Dvorak.org slash N-A. They'll be singing that for months to come. Of course, you can always do something very important, which is going out and propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it like you mean it. Shut up, slave. Hey, did you change something with your setup there? No, not a thing. Why? You got some like hiss coming in when you talk. I don't know what it is. So huh. it's, it's not super annoying, but maybe you know I got the headphones on loud, so you never oh, it know. Could be. I don't you see any. Know. No, the, the, nothing's been changed. It's a. I've got it kind of fixed. Okay. All right. It's then. probably the Skype connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that ain't going to last forever, is it? For sure. No, and we have no real plan, good backup system. I mean, there's that cute cum doesn't work. And there's other stuff. I don't know. I mean, I, we've tried other things that kind of sound okay. Mm. We just have to hope for the best. So, I mean, if Skype has some serious problems in the future, yeah. Microsoft's going to have hell to pay. I, although I still believe they're going to just do the old two-tier. You want a little better? You yeah, want yeah, a you better, want better? Like, yeah, old exactly. Skype connection? Give us 100 bucks. I always have to laugh where at that point in uh, in history where the technology can do it all, uh, you know, but if only Apple TV came out, then everything would change. And I see all these blog posts about, you know, how it's all going to work and independent, you know, we can do it and it'll all be streamed. You won't need your cable box. I'm like, people really don't understand how the money works in that business yet. <laughs> really don't understand. I get the biggest it. kick out of people that say, uh the, the DVDs are, oh, you can do a DVD. Ah, nobody uses those. Really? Yeah, yeah. How do they sell millions of them every day? Yeah. So, so uh, by the way, talking about Apple, I do have a quick Apple clip. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, it's the Walton Mossberg clip. Let me set it up. There's a, there was a PBS special that came out it was called One Last Thing, and it was a Steve Jobs' One Last Thing, and it had all these, these guys who didn't get in on the earlier Steve Jobs' uh, uh, documentaries, mm. so they got them in, oh. and then they they brought in Walt Mossberg, and this is interesting because we all know he writes for the Wall Street Journal, and which is always praising everything Apple does, and there's no conflict of interest here. No conflict. You'll see when you when you listen to this little clip and how they introduce him. One man who witnessed Jobs's return to Apple was friend Walt Mossberg. <laughs> friend. Friend. Curious, he wasn't at the funeral, so he must have been not that much of a friend. But I think he's thought of himself as a friend. Because well, yeah, somebody had this. Yeah. Who wrote the copy for that? Yeah, were you at the funeral? No, no. Okay. Well, while uh, you were watching uh, documentaries on uh, Steve Jobs, who I did meet, by the way, did you ever meet Steve Jobs? Oh yeah, yeah. What was your impression? It's a douchebag. 
I met him when he wanted to put uh, podcasting into iTunes, and uh, he had me come to San Diego for D3, I guess it was. And uh, I had a private meeting with him for an hour. Oh, that's a long meeting. I found it to be a very long meeting, too. And th- here's the things I witnessed. One, he lisps. Or he used to, he lisps. Did you ever notice that? It was a kind of a lisp. It wasn't a technical lisp. It was like, uh, it was a speech impediment that you could could be right. described yeah. as a Yeah, as, as a, a kind of a wisp. Quasi-lisp. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing was, I found him to be incredibly uh, angry, just an angry man. He was in his angry mood that day. He was angry about Wi-Fi. I remember. He was like, well, he wasn't they, they, they fucked up Wi-Fi. They, still kind of a literally, John, he's like, they fucked up Wi-Fi. Fuck it, they fucked up Wi-Fi. Really? Yeah, because I think his original idea was to bypass the the mobile phone. Remember, he came out with the iPod Touch, and the idea was to bypass the phone companies if you know if you could just connect to a Wi-Fi anywhere, and then you could still kind of have like a cell phone without a cellular uh, data company. That was kind of his uh, his dream, although it had been dashed at that point. Uh, but uh, somehow the conversation came around to that. It's like, ah, they fucked up Wi-Fi. Huh. Interesting. And I found him to be a very interesting guy, but angry, angry. Uh, I didn't get a douchebag vibe from him. Let's say I was impressed. I've met a lot of people. Uh, I was impressed by meeting him. Let's, let's, I'll be very honest. Yeah, well, you should watch this uh, particular show. They talk about his uh, phases. And he's it was a charmer. He yeah. could charm anybody. Oh, yeah. Charmed the pants. Oh, yeah. He was no. a sales guy. I tell you, uh, essentially, after, he was one of the great salesmen after, of our era that we that we'll ever see. I mean, let's face it, he was a sales guy. I mean, he was basically there. I mean, he already had everything baked in. He he, in fact, he presented. Yeah, he presented podcasting in iTunes half an hour after our meeting, so he had it did all. He, to, did he all use an to oven go. to bake it? Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, so he basically wanted to get me on board and convince me, and I guess to have me evangelize. After five minutes of just talking to the guy, my pants were around my ankles. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, sure, Steve, just put it in. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Anyway, uh, while you were watching that, I watched some C-SPAN, and uh, we had a fun, I mean, of course, this is a very weird time in television land where they debut all the stupid shows that they try out during the summer months when no one's around uh, and then they have some hearings on the hill and this is the continuing saga of fast and furious did you see any of this uh this riveting footage I did, as a matter of fact i didn't get any clips okay. from it but i did I got, see most of it oh, and good. it's the uh it's you know, the never-ending uh stonewalling story well there's two things that happened here so the the two the three players of course are eric holder uh, the uh, quarterback who runs interference, uh, or actually the fullback who runs interference for President Obama and all things illegal that are being done, including droning American citizens. And uh, then we have uh, Isa, who is, uh, uh, he's the guy out uh, to try and nail uh, Attorney General Eric Holder to the wall over the Fast and Furious, the gun walking, which resulted in at least one death of a Border Patrol agent. But then Curiously, a, there was another testimony. Remember, we talked about this about nine months ago, where they, there was indication the second guy was killed in Mexico, and he was a, 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 one of our agents. They seem to have dropped that from the conversation. Yeah, well, I think that's just a marketing thing. They only want to talk about the people that people remember. Um, and I think it all has to do with timeline. So apparently some whistleblowers inside the Department of Justice have now given documentation to ISA, which, of course, he shared with his, uh, his wingman, right. Chaffetz who I like a lot. I have a little clip from him, too. Uh, so Isa, 
basically starts hammering in on. Uh, he sets him up. I have to say, it's a beautiful job. He sets him up, and then we've got Chafez to go and uh, and kick in the goal. Chafitz. Chafitz is that how you pronounce it? It's, yeah. He, he seems like a Latino guy. Would you yeah. pronounce that Chafitz? Yeah, I know he does. He's from Utah. He's a Mormon, I think. Uh. Uh, has to be, or he wouldn't be elected. And uh, and he, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe he's just. Maybe it's just his background. I'm not sure. Anyway, what was funny is, of course, this is a congressional. Is it congressional? Is he a, I say, is he a congressman or a senator? Set congressman. Okay, so it's a congressional hearing. And so there's other uh, douchebags there. And the minute, every single time Isa gets into Holder's face, then people start, like, interrupting. And uh, our favorite interrupts, our favorite Democrat, and it, was, it just made me laugh. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Attorney General. Yeah. This is a good one. December 14, 2010, Brian Terry was gunned down, and we began knowing more about Fast and Furious shortly thereafter. But you have said, people representing you have said repeatedly, you didn't know about it before then. I've sent you a number of letters. Senator Grassley sent you a number of letters. You mentioned in your opening statement the Speaker's letter. Speaker did not limit the scope of the subpoenas you're under an obligation to respond to. He simply asked you for response to two key areas. He did not re revoke any subpoenas. However, you implied that we were working together when, in fact, since May 18th, nothing, nothing has come from your department, not one shred of paper. I want to ask you, first of all, today, have you and your attorneys produced internally the materials responsive to the subpoenas? Uh, we believe that we have responded to the subpoenas. No, Mr. Attorney General, you're not a good witness. <laughs> a good witness answers the question now. I, I, that, I, I'm already like, you're not a good witness. I'm sorry, I'm not a good witness. I'm not I'm a bad witness. So let's go back again. Have you and your attorneys produced internally the materials responsive. In other words, have you taken the time to look up our subpoena and find out what material you have responsive to it, or you've simply invented a privilege that doesn't exist? You're saying internally, have we... Internally, have you... Isn't that, isn't it, doesn't uh, Holder sound like a kid who's been caught lying? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Do, what, no, you mean, is this the clip that's got... Uh, yeah, 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 this is the one. Don't okay, worry, this is the one. Playing. But it's, he sounds like, you mean internally? He's like, you can see his brain. It, by the way, yeah. his team he's behind trying him. To, trying to trick the guy. Yeah, his, his team behind him. You mean him the vase that was on the table <laughs> by <laughs> the cat box? <laughs> that one? <laughs> Well, technically, I wasn't really throwing it, you know, <laughs> it's like, how you mean the cookie jar that has the cookies in it? Pulled all that information. We've looked at 240 custodians. We have processed millions of electronic records, and we've reviewed over 140,000 documents and produced to you about 7,600. So 140,000 documents. How many documents are responsive, but you are withholding it? So this is the beginning of the hearing, right? So, and and this, it's gone on long enough now for a certain... Well, this has been, it's been, what, a year, more than a year? They just keep, he just keeps stonewalling, and these, these senators or these congressmen are getting sick of it. Right, but he's got the goods. This is the point. He's setting yeah, them up, the and, part, and they know yeah. that he's... Somebody leaks something. It's yeah. time. Well, we've produced 7,600. The Look, I don't want to hear about the 7,600. Chairman, I would beg to the, allow... The land there she is, ladies and gentlemen. Sheila Jackson Lee. He is out of order with the lady, uh, Mr. please. Chairman, and parliamentary, inquiry. Inquiry. Parliamentary, inquiry. Me, parliamentary inquiry. Parliamentary inquiry. Parliamentary inquiry. 
parliamentary inquiry. Would beg to allow the attorney general to be able to finish the, his answer. She's, now she's running interference. By the way, she, she is such a stooge. She's uh, she's and not, why is she get reelected she's time not, after she, time? She's the one who wants to put TSA on the buses. She's not be, in she, Texas. She's out this year. She's not going to run for reelection. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. So uh, then we get Chaffetz. And Chaffetz just just nails him to the wall because he's got the emails, the emails that ex, that state explicitly that this is about Fast and Furious and gun walking. And Holder just says, says no, it's not about that, that's not about gun walking and Fast and Furious. I think this is imperative. Sunday, October 17th, 11.07 p.m., Jason Weinstein sends an email to James Trusty. Do you think we should try to have Lanny participate in a press when Fast and Furious and Laura's Tucson case are unsealed? It's a tricky case, given the number of guns that have walked, but it is a significant set of prosecutions. James Trustee sends back to Jason Weinstein, it's not going to be any big surprise that a bunch of U.S. guns are being used in Mexico, so I'm not sure how much grief we get for guns walking. It may be more like, finally, there, there are going to be people who sent guns, they're going after the people who sent guns down there. Now you claim with passion that the, nobody at the senior levels of the Department of Justice prior to the, to the death of Brian Terry knew that guns were walking, and I've got an email from Jason Weinstein using the term guns walking. Uh, I think we went through this exercise before. That refers to wide receiver, not fast and furious. Now, wide receiver was the gun walking program that was implemented by the Bush administration, right. which was the exact same thing. That's not what the February 4th letter that was sent to the United States Congress said. It said that the ATF never uses this, those tactics. And never. We said that is, And that's not true. And we said that that letter was inaccurate. It was ultimately withdrawn. But the email that you just read, and this is important, that email referred to wide receiver. It did not refer to Fast and Furious. That has to be noted for the record. Read it again, Chaffetz. It's, no, it doesn't. It says Fast and Furious. <laughs> Do you think we should try to have Lanny participate in press when Fast and Furious and Laura, Laura's Tucson case are unsealed? It's specific <laughs> to Fast and Furious. That is not true, Mr. Attorney General. <laughs> I love it. Oops. Oops. Yeah. What is he going to do now? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it, that's about wide receiver. Can't you hear it? Fast and Furious. That means wide receiver. I heard it very clearly. He does have one retort. I'm happy to share it with you. Yeah, the Laura, Can I ask unanimous consent to give you some extra time to no, review it? That's fine. The Laura Tucson case refers to wide... It evil. says Fast and Furious. <laughs> we'll let the media have it and we'll play it out. There. That's Laura right. We'll give it to Curry and Dvorak and you'll be toast, bitch. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see this one on Still television? Did what? you see this one on television anywhere? Was this on the news anywhere? I didn't see it. I didn't see this at all. I think it, I think Colbert may have played or one of these guys. Yeah, Colbert doesn't count. It's you know, no, well, I it's know. Be, you, no, it's got to be on, a, on the news. You mean like ABC? Yes, compromised yes. The <laughs> network is CBS. You know, run by Viacom, the, the Hollywood yeah, that operation, yeah, or NBC Universal. Yeah, those no. guys. Those guys. No, no, this, that's not good entertainment. No, and you although could, I think it is entertaining, but it's not the kind of entertainment they want because there's no celebrity involved. <laughs> That's right. You got to have a celebrity. Hmm. I know. 
Let's pull out Chris Rock to ratchet up some racial hatred in America. They, they offered you this role. You took this role. I took this role, yes. But if you could be any animal in the animal kingdom, Chris, what would it be? What would I what? be? That's I'm... a great question. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? This, I mean, come this on. This is Ann Curry, by the way. This is the uh, the epitome of morning news. I wanted to be the lion, you know, king of the jungle and all that. But, I, you know, that didn't work out. Uh... Snake is always good, you know, scare people. Um, but I'll take the zebra, you know, you know. He's got game. In, in honor of our zebra president, you know, black and white, <laughs> white and black. That sounded like the Jeffersons, right? That sounded like George. I, I meant that I love our president, but he's, you know, he's black and white. He appeals to all. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I'm going for. Good. Have you mentioned this to him, by the way? Because I wonder how he would react to I don't, the analogy know, you're making. I, you know. <laughs> we, we ignore the president's whiteness, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> we ignore the president's whiteness. That's not racist. No, not at all. That's a horrible thing to say. Imagine if I went out and said, I want to be a zebra. And our pre if I did this, our president's like a zebra, but we ignore his blackness. Huh? I, would I make it out of the studio, you think? No, you'd be murdered on the spot. And Curry would have shivved you. I mean, how, how effed up is that, man? That's not okay, Chris Rock. That's not okay. You know, you, and you could just put anything in there. White, black, red, man, woman, old, young. It's all ist. Yep. I denounce you, Chris Rock. I denounce you. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I can just hear him in, sitting in New Jersey going, oh, crap, Curry denounced me. So uh, there was a couple of things that took place in the mainstream media where they got all worked up about it. One of them is this crazy. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you about this because I first I need I want to bring this McCain coming out and telling the Obama administration that they, they can't put up with these leaks anymore. Yeah, because they're all being done for political reasons. Yeah. You've heard this, right? Yes, of course. Well, I want you to, I'm going to play two clips, and I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. About, about the logic. Okay. Behind all this. And first is the McLean, McCain. This is the back, this is the overview is McCain complaining part one. And tonight, a major scandal threatens the very future of the Obama administration as a senior United States senator is now accusing the White House of leaking classified information. Arizona Senator John McCain says that members of the president's own staff have leaked sensitive national security secrets to media outlets now on numerous occasions. Now, what makes matters worse, he argues that the goal of these targeted leaks was to depict President Barack Obama as a strong commander in chief ahead of the November election. Now, there are at least three specific examples of articles in which sensitive data was in fact discussed by unnamed administration officials, including the following. Information involving the use of drones in Yemen, classified details regarding the so-called Obama kill list, and a highly secretive cyber warfare program that the U.S. is implementing against Iran's nuclear program. The release of this information in these articles harms our national security and puts in danger the lives of the men and women who are sworn to protect it. Regardless of how politically useful these leaks may have been to the president, they have to stop. These leaks have to stop. Okay, the question comes after clip number two, I presume. 
And now, now Hannity brings McCain onto the show Ooh. to further uh, discuss this, and then the questions will, will follow. Well, first of all, in the case of the cyber attacks, of course now the Iranians are much more aware. Also, by the way, uh, doesn't this give our enemies license to respond in kind now that it has been disclosed? Uh, this is an ongoing operation in partnership, according to the book, with the Israelis. How do you think the Israelis feel right now and so it's it's a very very serious breach as far as the drones are concerned obviously we know that uh, these the compromising of specific information concerning the drones is also a compromise and if it wasn't then why did they have it classified as the most secret uh, and confidential basis okay hold on a second ask Adam, ask Adam, yeah. all right I'm ready Okay, here we go. Okay, so there's three things that were busted loose by this book, and there's all this classified information all leaked out, and it needs to be investigated. Right. So let's start with the first one, the using drones in Yemen. Apparently, before this book came out a few a week or so ago, this was a complete secret. Now, <laughs> how did it remain a complete secret after we droned two Americans? Where, were, where was that? Where did that take place? In Yemen. So let's see. We have droned people in Yemen. It was a known fact we were droning people in Yemen. We killed Al Awaki in Lemon. In Lemon. In Yemen. We, in Lemon. We killed his From son. now on, it's Lemon. We killed his son in Lemon. All this was taking place in Yemen. Now, lemon. Okay, what's, where's the secret? Tell me where the secret is. What was the secret that we missed? I think the secret is. No. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I have purchased the book. Of course, that was, that's the whole point. I mean, someone's making a killing off of this. And I'm going to finish. Re I'm flying to see my daughter today in L.A., so I'm going to finish the rest of this book. Um, the secret was the kill list. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no. There were three secrets. The kill list. We'll get to that. Okay. Well, so le lem lemon was not that. a lem lemon was never. Uh, it was. So no, so no, no. Let me answer. Hey, hey, is this Ask Adam or what? Okay, go on. Lemon was not officially known until Brennan told us about Lemon. When Brennan came out with Lemon, then it was officially known. That was the setup for the book. So, Because he's the one that said, yes, we use drones in Lemon. We know we used drones there nope. because we had droned the American. That, no, but, but no official source... Had ever oh, said, I, we just I, I'm, knew we were using them. Hey, I'm, okay. not, I'm not protecting the guy. It's an Ask Adam segment, okay? Right, so, here we go. Right. Ask Adam number all right. two. All right, number two. Now, the, apparently, this was all done supposedly. Uh, and by the way, what I'm hinting at here is that this entire thing is a really. Is this cool an Ask Adam or are you trying to okay, tell okay, me something? Okay, okay. Where, how did letting, letting us know about the kill list benefit the president? Made him look like a tough guy? Yes, that's that's or make him look like a douchebag. <laughs> well, uh, this depends on how you look at it. I mean, uh, if you're asking me the question of this being an Ask Adam segment, I believe that the book was written and the New York Times article was published to discredit the, the president and to make him look like a douchebag. And now douchebag number two, uh, John McCain. And boy, I'm happy we didn't get him as president either. If now he's coming out and he's just flaming it more to make the president look like a douchebag. So right, I, but I, he's I, saying the opposite. Uh, so well, he's of a course, liar. Of course he's a... No. Really? McCain a liar? No. Okay, yes. the third one, 
So I guess everyone was unaware. There's two points to the two parts of this question. One, there were three parts. This is a horrible ask. Israelis feel well. How did the Israeli Israelis feel? I think they were being blamed for the Stuxnet thing. And we're taking credit for no, it, and then no. we stuck our nose, and now we're taking credit for okay. it. They feel crappy because they had all the credit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tell Adam segment. This is not I'm an ask Adam. You, let me, me let me explain. Wrong. Let me, That's I'm, the question. Okay, you're not wrong. Now let me have an opinion then, because this is not an ask Adam. This is a bogative ask Adam. This is not you. You misuse the jingle. So the reason why McCain is saying this, first of all, uh, he is a huge uh, uh, pro-Israeli guy. Um, and I'm sure he's getting paid for being that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the thing that Joe Biden said was, F the Israelis, man, they took it too far. That's why he's taking oh. issue with. That's the issue there. But let me, this is good, because now we're on drones. And uh, I think something else, here's where the danger lies, because he said something right there at the end of the clip. Um in fact, let me play the clip again. I, want to, I don't want to misquote him. Well, first of all, in the case of the cyber attacks, of course now the Iranians are much more aware. Also, by the way, uh, doesn't this give our enemies license to respond in kind? Okay, it was the beginning of the clip, even better. I think there's a huge setup for a possible false flag right now. Ah, respond in kind. Respond in kind. They've always had the ability to respond in kind. What is new? No, no, but so it's, this is basically putting the meme into the mentality yes. into the public consciousness. It's a, it's a false flag, and it will come. I think it will come in the form of a cyber attack. Um, now this could be the October surprise. This could this could be it. Okay, uh, let's wait. Let's uh, stop. I'm going to stop you for a second and, and, and suggest if that's the case, and it's going to be an October surprise. Mm -hmm. How about bringing down the Internet completely? Well, you know, Google has already also, uh, you know, of course, Google set up by InQtel. You know, we know that there's, uh, you know, Peter Thiel. Uh, the, everyone is on board with the Google investment. Uh, Google is already saying, oh, you know, we're going to warn you about state-sponsored attacks on your Gmail uh, they're inferring China, but they're not saying that. They're saying state-sponsored attacks, which... I think they're implying China. Yeah, they're implying China, but they're not saying it. I mean, if the U.S. themselves does it, it's also a state-sponsored terror attack. Um, so I think the stage is being set for something really bad to happen. Now, remember that we have... have we, we just went through all this cyber uh, legislation and... Uh, well, it's interesting... Um, no, I'll get to that in a second. Let me, let me just stay on the drones for a second. Because now we're going into a new era. Because now we know that our fantastic president, the murderer with a Nobel Peace Prize, uh, <laughs> his expertise is in cyber warfare with, uh, um, with, two vi with two viri that have one that has gotten out of control. It, it got out of control. And then he's the other, he's the, uh, the drone meister. Now, what if you take those two, the computer savvy technology and the drones, and you put them into one? They soon have one more reason to worry, a new kind of spy drone capable of lingering above a target for days on end. It's called the Phantom Eye. Boeing tested a prototype a few days ago in California. There were a few minor problems, they tell us. The landing gear broke. But we're told that once all of that's fully operational, the Phantom will cruise at an altitude of 65,000 feet 
And because it uses hydrogen power, we'll be able to fly without refueling for four days. That's three times longer than the current batch of reconnaissance drones. Trace Gallagher is following this from our West Coast News Hub this afternoon. This new drone, pretty impressive, Trace. Yeah, it's certainly big enough, Chef. I mean, this thing's got a wingspan of 150 feet, which is bigger than a 757, and it's kind of slow, top speed of 150 miles per hour. But the fact that it can linger at 65,000 feet makes it, one, very difficult to see, and two, very effective. And unlike most drones that have to be kind of controlled remotely by pilots on the ground, the Phantom Eye is controlled almost exclusively by an onboard computer, <laughs> but still it remains flat. Flexible. Listen. These things are easily reprogrammable to go after other targets, <laughs> other missions. And so you, you have the benefit of no man in the loop. Uh, you don't have to worry about someone having to eat, sleep, or do other things. Or take a and shit. you're not risking a man. You're, you're not jeopardizing someone's life. This is fantastic. So how about this scenario? We've got phantom eyes circling above the United States, just a test. And then someone reprograms the computer which i just heard is easily reprogrammed easily reprogrammed and it goes haywire and starts shooting american citizens okay well a couple things uh one i i'm under the impression that easily reprogrammable the thing it gets programmed on the ground no i don't have any indication that this thing gets programmed it can be remotely programmed. It, well, gets you programmed. Also, it goes up, does its thing, comes and lands, and it gets programmed you again. You also do not have direct line to drone operators and people who are in the kill chain. Okay, uh, so are you telling me that this you can send a signal to this yes, thing and yes, program it? Yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, that's not good. So I've had an ongoing dialogue. All right. And there are a number of people who are very, very upset. Now, here's the things we have to realize about our drone program. Number one, this is not run by the Department of Defense. The CIA runs it, right? And the State Department, Hillary, Lucifer, runs another drone program. Here's the thing that's interesting. None of these people who operate these drones are actually military they are civilian contractors, which, by the way, if we have any, uh, I've been trying to do the research and maybe there was some bill where it was shoved in somewhere and we missed it. I believe that it is illegal uh, by international law, not that we'd stick to it. I believe it's illegal to have civilians fighting on the front lines. And technically, you have a civilian flying a drone killing people in an aggressive situation. This is a, this is a very big problem. And the I, I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the majority of people who are actually flying the drones are psychopaths. They're, they've been playing video games all their lives, and they're psychopaths. And they just love it. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I feel like I'm, I'm shunning fellow aviators. Uh, but this is a, this is a huge... Curiously, you've always wanted to fly a drone, and you could talk about it incessantly. I am a psychopath. There's no ah, doubt about it. Okay. But, of course, there's, there's no way I'd ever, I'd ever get to do this. Um, you know, and there's no repercussions. You know, it's like you can't go you know, whistleblowing. They kill you. You, know, you, there's no, you don't get a, a court-martial if you're a whistleblower 
in a private contracting company, you get fired and killed. So this is a very, very big problem. Now, to bring it back, um, I think we're being set up for a false flag. I think it's, it's very likely now that it could come in a number of forms. If you want to make an impression, if you really want to make an impression and go to war and have it be all out, then you have a drone being taken over. And we've already seen the setup for this with Iran that landed nicely with that nice There's been drone. at least two movie or two television episodes where this happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, by so the way, this, I've, I've set up uh, another little uh, site, killlist.curry.com. As of today, I'm going to start tracking. Uh, you know, so we have 18 more Afghan civilians. You're a busy uh, boy. Yeah, well, you know, I got a good system for this. Killlist.curry.com. Uh, I'm just going to put. I'm just going to put links to stories in there, so the we can list, just count the kill list. Kill list. Curry. Eighteen more. Af- okay, you got one thing on here. Well, I'm starting it as of today. Oh, okay. So every week we can, or at the beginning of every month, we can do a tally. Mass, I like it. There's no politics here. Eighteen more Afghan civilians join Obama's mass murder victim list. <laughs> what? We, we need a, a jingle for this <laughs> mass murder victim list. <laughs> yeah. Well, sir, Jeff is listening. You never know if we get lucky. Um, as the headline, I guess, on something. Some yeah. S- so, um, site. There's some other stuff that I've been looking at. You know, um, this is not really kill list type stuff, but um, a document came out: Air Force Instruction 14 104 23rd of April 2012, Oversight of Intelligence Activities. Uh, this document explains that exactly what. Now, this is about the Air Force, but I think legally it could probably be you know, used under anyone's uh, um, authority for national target and training activities. What this document says is if we uh, accidentally see you doing something that you shouldn't be doing while we're just kind of like browsing around, uh, they can transfer that information. In fact, they are uh, obliged to transfer that information within a 90-day period to either another Department of Defense entity or government agency whose function it pertains so that they can then go bust you for whatever you're doing. Well, they need the 90 days because when you see somebody doing something, first you can you can flip them. Mm-hmm. you got 90 mm-hmm. days to see if maybe mm-hmm. they'll start working for you because yep. uh, you can extort them now, yep. right? Yep. And if they, if they don't play ball, you turn them over to the cops. And uh, But the thing that I'm most worried about, so I mean, having... The CIA, uh, you know, they're out, whatever. They, they, they run the show. They, do their, they drone the, the pipelines, the drug routes, whatever. Uh, they've got the, they're in their own universe, and they're just, their only job is to just make sure the drugs get into America or wherever they have to go and that the money Europe comes in. Russia. Yeah, and make sure that the money comes into the American banks. That's, that's what they're doing fine. I'm okay. That's been going on for a long time. Uh, Hillary Clippity-Clop. Good. She's in charge of the oil cabal. Her job is to make sure we drone anyone who's in the way, uh, predominantly Russia, who want to have uh, Libya, uh, Lemon, and Syria. But the, the thing that I'm afraid of, and you're going to see this happening, is when Department of Homeland Security is in charge of drones. That's when we're effed. And I think we're going to see that very soon. We just have to be on the lookout for it. You'll see Department of Homeland Security. When Janet Napolitano has her hand on the switch, that's when we have to be very worried. Well, I want to discuss that a little bit in a minute because I took a couple of flights, and of course, there's always good for anecdotes. But I, I think we got to back up a little bit on this drone story as you discussed it. Uh, what is Hillary doing with her drones? The, Dep- the State Department has a huge fleet of aircraft. 
they've got I mean she has her own uh look she's she's in partnership now with special uh with special forces yeah, she is, but we don't know anything specifically. She, has she got a kill list herself? Is she killing people? We don't know yet. I, I mean... All right, well, and let's back I, up to the I, well, 60- let, me, let me say this. I went to state.gov, typed in the search box, do you have a kill list? And no results came up. I mean, what okay, do you well, want me to say? Well, probably will eventually. So, uh, so let's go to this this and I, this plane, this new, new drone that, mm-hmm. that hovers for yeah. four days yeah. running on hydrogen. I'm yeah. not even sure. I guess it's using it. Which makes, by the way, that makes zero sense unless there's some... Thing I don't know about hydrogen uh, power plants. I think it's just make- to say that it'll make a really nice explosion if it uh, crash lands because it was taken over by a, a computer hacker. The hydrogen doesn't really explode with any. Well, although I have to say the hydrogen in hydrogen cars, they have to have the the, the tanks are ten thousand. Yeah, but this uh, is like nuclear energy. When inch. you say hydrogen, people think, oh, just like the Hindenburg. That was bad. Yeah, no, this is a, this will be a motor, the hydrogen motor. But they, they, they're so inefficient, I don't see why they'd use them. But, okay, I'll, I'll just let that slide and I'll look into it. Mm-hmm. But at 65,000 feet, they can obviously, you know, look down and check things out. And no one's going to see them. And I don't think they're going to be armed because it's a pretty long shot. But did you notice the story that it reminded me of the story that came out like, I guess, a week ago that we didn't discuss where they where the Hubble guys that were worried about the Hubble telescope going offline. They said, look, we got the government gave them two telescopes that were pointed at the U.S. that are stronger than the Hubble. (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. And so they say, here, take these. Oh, great. These are even better than the Hubble. Now, when the Hubble was built, all the paranoid nutcases yeah. were going, oh, my God, they're going to make the only reason for making the Hubble is because they're going to turn it around and, and spy on the Americans. And the Hubble guy says, no, 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 we're, we're astronomers. We're going to use it for what we use it for. We're not going to do that. Mm. And so they did. They yeah, used they, it for they looking at the spying. stars. Meanwhile, yeah. there were two other ones that were built to do that. Yeah. And then they t- turned them over. They're more powerful. This is one other thing I wanted to ask you. This is a quick side note. You know how uh, everyone in the the techie world is like, you know, all jerking off about, oh, SpaceX, oh, Elon Musk, oh, he's so awesome. What the F is he transporting? No one asked that question. What? He, so, yeah, you docked with the International Space Station. What the hell is going oh, on was, up it, there? There was a list of it. it what? I saw it. It was a bunch of clothing uh, and pads <laughs> oh. and cables and bull crap. Oh, so they were just bringing uh, food, water, and blankets. Yeah, water and blankets, <laughs> and probably some cash. <laughs> Did they take anything back? No, I don't oh. think so. I think they just sent the thing back, or maybe they peed in it. And then so anyway, so so there's a second part to this uh, uh, to this false possible false flag event, John. And this well, is that, that's another thing I want to talk about. But go on with your theory. Well, I, I'm it's, the only theories I have is just by looking at a, a broad scala. Of media, you know, my my media diet, which, by the way, most people would die if you ate my diet. I'm fortified against this. Uh, There's a new book out called Wait. There's a new book out called We Are Anonymous. Have you heard of this book? Yeah, I have, as as a matter of fact. Written by, and I don't know, do you know this woman? Parmy Olson. Parmy? Parmy Olson. She's British, and she's kind of cute. She's highly annoying. And uh, if and she writes for Forbes magazine, and uh, I went to Forbes and I got her uh, her bio here. I track so the little uh, contributor profile. Par- Is it Harmony or Harmony? Parmy P A Papa Alpha Romeo Mike Yankee Olson. Papa 
Uh, parmy. Oh, parmy. As in Parmesan. Yeah, Parmy. <laughs> as in grated cheese. Exactly. Parmy Olson, O-L-S-O-N. About me. I track people who are disrupting the world of technology and beyond. Nonconformists, innovators, and agitators are this blog's unsung heroes. From innovative entrepreneurs to scientists to rebellious hackers. Well, hello, how come you're not interviewing us, grated cheese girl? We're the ones that you... Anyway, so she's written the book. and But just listen to what she's saying. It's it's very annoying, and she's, she's come out of nowhere. I, I don't know where this woman comes yeah, from. Yeah, this is classic. Right? So who is drawn to this? I mean, who are the people that make up Anonymous? Well, there's a very wide range of people with a wide range of motivations. Um, anonymous is kind of spun out of a culture of trolling on the Internet, messing with people, pranking people. Now, do you hear what's happening here? She's tying anonymous to bullying, John. Listen very carefully. For fun. <laughs> and in the last few years, it's taken on a more serious approach with activism or hacktivism. And so you have people who are getting involved because they enjoy doing online pranks and getting involved with stunts. And also people who want to make a difference in the world, mm. a positive difference, a socio-political cause can often be attached to the stunts that they pull off. Uh, John, does this have national security implications when you think about WikiLeaks and that? It certainly does. This is just a Forbes dude. I mean, WikiLeaks was the most single. He's her handler, actually, is what I'm thinking now. Most uh, it sounds like it. He's right? got the right... Yeah. In breach of national security information in the history of this country in terms of volume. And it wasn't done by a foreign intelligence agency. It was done by the groups that, that this book is about um, for social reasons, political reasons. Yeah, you talk, though, Parmi, that they want to make a difference politically and socially, but they also admit, William in particular, that they sometimes just like... William is one of the hacktivists she interviewed for the book. Now, this is on the Today Show, I'm guessing, because of the voices I'm hearing. Yeah, it's uh, it's Oprah's Beard and, uh, and Charlie Rose. People destroying people's lives, really just turning things upside down. Bullying. Yeah, the way uh, William, one of the key interviewees in the book, describes it is it's a way to waste a night. Yeah. So going through the whole night and harassing people on Facebook and then talking about it with his friends uh, on a particular image uh -huh. board. It, what is an image board? Have you ever heard of an image board? Because what she means there is 4chan, I think. Because uh, they have basically image boards, but it's just interesting to hear what her incredible well, knowledge is. Interesting is. that she would use this term. This to me. Hold on a second. Let's look up image board on the on the book of knowledge or not. The, well, yeah, I mean, maybe it's in there. Yeah, there it is, right at the top. Uh, Wikipedia image board is a type of internet forum which operates mostly via posting images. Oh, they're like, they're like yeah, it's four chan. It's four chan. Well, no, I think they're talking about the newer ones like Pinterest and no, no, because she, me she mentions four chan. Okay. She mentions it specifically. Image boards, similar to bulletin board systems used for a variety of topics, image boards. Now, this is not a normally used term. No, no. I, I mean, I, I don't, I've never heard it around the house. I've never I've heard, ne I've never heard it. my daughter I've use it. I've never used no. it myself. No, no, So no. this is something that came, I believe, when I start hearing stuff like this, they get here, they get the image boards of Futaba Channel, 4chan, only people that would be... Uh, Tumblr. Discussing it using this term would be an intelligence agent. Right. Let's listen to the, just to finish this up. And, uh, and again, this is kind of what speaks to the real split in Anonymous. There are people who want it to go in a serious direction mm -hmm. and people who think it should go back to its roots and fun at other people's expense. Mm -hmm. And within this culture, which is what I found fascinating and why I started writing the book, um, is there's this own kind of set of rules and etiquette and yes. people's morals and sense of consequences in the real world get slightly warped 
because they start to they become quite different online to how they are in real life. Radicalized. And anonymous almost amplifies that to the ah. sense that you know you can have an alter ego online, but with anonymous you also yes. get justification and purpose. So the way I see it is bullying leads to radicalization. And this woman, so she, I think she may be MI6, and the guy with her oh, is yeah, CIA. Yeah, that would be, what am I thinking? She'd here, before be all MI6, this, I had be here. Before all this, I had stints at the BBC and as a radio journalist. She says stints, stints. She's on Twitter. She's got a measly thirty six hundred followers, so she hasn't been on too what long. Did, what has she tweeted recently? Has she tweeted well, anything? Tweet, please do. Just oh, she's just. Plugging her book, she's got. Twitter I think it may have time to check that out. Is it out? Yeah, she just came out. Talking about her book. Let me see if I can find it. Thank you. I should get her on the big book coming out show. soon by A. Greenberg. She's plugging somebody else's book. Yeah. Been doing publicity for the last couple of days. Book. Glad it turned up. Hope you enjoy it. Glad to hear. Blah, blah, blah. It's a thanks, thanks, thanks. Let me go to the bottom. Right. But uh, let me just, uh, now I have some credibility. I have a credibility clip here of Miss Parmy Grated Cheese Olson. Uh, here is so now. So Charlie Rose asked the right thing, but listen to her answer. What can you do to protect yourself if, in fact, your PayPal or companies like that that have financial consequences? Okay, if your PayPal or companies like that, how does she answer? Um, you know, I think it's just kind of the basic things. If you're an individual, you want to have a different password for that. Wasn't the question? Every single web account, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Wait, wait, back it up, back it up, and ask the question again. And then, I want to catch this. That oh, yeah. She's oh, do yeah. This. oh, yeah. What can you do to protect yourself if, in fact, your PayPal or companies like that that have financial consequences? Um, you know, I think it's just kind of the basic things. If you're an individual, you want to have a different password for every single web account, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Keep it long. Make it several words if you can, like a song lyric. Those tend to be the... This is your, uh, your anti-hacker advice? Use a song lyric as your password? Keep it long. Use separate passwords for all accounts. Really? Parmy? Strongest. And companies huh. and government agencies just need to make sure that their networks are as protected as they can be. Because Anonymous, one of the things I found out from writing this book is it's not the calculating, malevolent group that people think it is. It's actually quite messy. It's lots of little groups who are quite opportunistic. And they're taking advantage of the vulnerabilities that are out there and often attaching a cause to what they've done afterwards. Anyway, so I'm seeing a... Uh, so, so, so she got to, she went right from whatever those little jobs were to London bureau chief of Forbes? Yeah, that's when she got hired i mean recruited huh yeah she's kind of cute though which makes it even worse you know a cute well, that's spy. not unusual i mean cute spies is horrible cute spies is what you do i mean it's like you said they, what they said to you any cute girl in russia is kgb yeah well i think it was any hooker was kgb and uh, well that's probably the same but no, probably every good looking no, woman in no, Russia. no 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 i went to the hooker boat they were not cute not in 1988 at least they didn't have huh. any, you know, no makeup. Um, so anyway, so this is a spy. Uh, we hereby out Parmy Olsen, no relation to the Olsen twins, as a uh, MI6 agent and her handler, uh, the CIA guy. And, I, you know, how did she get this book deal? Come on. And she doesn't know crap. Forbes London bureau chief since 2008. Interviewing British billionaires like Philip Green and controversial figures like Muhammad Al Fayed. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's also. Those aren't, a, huh? those aren't interviews you get without 
without being. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wrote last year's billionaire's cover story on Russia's Yuri Milner and broke stories like the Facebook Spotify partnership. <gasps> you should be on Twit. Probably will be. <laughs> you know, Leo asked me to be on Twit. Again? Did he ask you? Yeah. Hello, I'm Stellar. Did he ask you? I already told him I'm not doing Twit this week because I just got back from Washington. I got a bunch of crap to do. Okay. Well, I can't do it because I'm flying to L.A. right after the show, going to see my daughter. Oh, you'll never get on again. (laughs) Oh, damn. Oh, crap. I I was happy I could say no with a legitimate reason, though. You know, it's kind of good. You know, I'll I'll say yes next time. It's just like this time. It's like, oh, sorry. I I really can't do it. I'm not being a douche. I just can't do it. Anyway, so, but I do hear a connection there between anonymous and bullying. And I think yeah, that's, no, uh, that's it, concerning. It wasn't, well, it wasn't, you, you saw it, but it hasn't, nobody else has put it together. Not yet. I, it looks like a lead-in. That's what I would call it. Yeah. A lead-in. So uh, when the false flag comes, we'll see who gets blamed. So let's go back to this. I think the false flag, I still think it's going to be an attack on the internet, not a somebody taking over a drone, especially that drone, because that drone's not armed. Well, what would the attack, it would have to, in order for it to be perceived as an attack on the internet, either A, to, I don't think you can shut it down. I don't think, you know, there's one thing that's going to make it all go away. You so, can? No. If the government's involved and they and they just tell them to turn the switches off, yeah, but that that's not a false flag. You need to have some kind no, of no, but a, it would have it would be an attack that would start to propagate, and everyone would say, "Oh my God, this is nobody, nobody can stop it. You can't stop it." And then you just shut it down. There's no, no, no. And no. you also have Obama who can shut it down by law. No, if no, he sees no, something bad, yeah, happening. but that's not it. That's not was I can I open the book. Because, you know, there's only... I'm going internet. I'm putting in the book, internet going down. Okay. I'm saying Facebook goes down. Why? Because Facebook is perceived by most of the sheeple as the internet. Two, it's a great hedge. It's a great um, put. What do you call it? A put or a call. Yeah, no. uh, What do you call it? When you, uh, you, you... Pass, pass line, no pass. No, no, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. If you're on the inside and you know this is going to happen, just like 9-11, and a lot of people uh, bought uh, oh, put options. Oh, it's a good, it's a good investment. Yes. Uh, you, you short it. Yeah, short, that's the word I was looking for. So you put a short on Facebook because they'll take Facebook down. Because that will get people's attention. Oh, man. You know, you know you, you, we can have Obama killing people. We can have uh, drones flying overhead. But you take away people's Facebook? And we already had a little test blip. Remember, it was down for a couple hours? A little test blip. Yeah. Well, Th- this, you write, this, write this in the book. I'm, I'm calling cyber attack on Facebook. It would make so much sense. And then the stock, you know, collapses... I'm taking $500 that I have in my shoe, and I'm gonna what? I, I'm gonna get a short on Facebook for you can buy some October. Puts. puts are better. Whatever but it for, is. If you know for sure, puts are good. Puts normally would just lose your money, but if you know something's gonna happen for sure, put is the way to go because it, it's got a lot of leverage. So do I buy a, an October put or a November put or what is it? Well, I don't know what's available. I'd have to look. I, you know, they won't be actually most of the options. I'm so sophisticated as an investor. Yeah, right. This is like not a good idea to even go into. Why? Well, what do you mean yeah, I can't go into it? 
No, I mean, because you're just going to probably lose your money, but somehow. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, uh, so if I had, no, th- I like the idea, but you know, you don't know what the stock's, you if know, I had to, already be two bucks a let share. Let me ask then, you, no, 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 no. If I ask, I'm, I'm just asking you, ask John okay, a question. I'm going to go right now. We're going to look, we're going to go look it up. But here's my question. Okay. If I buy a put on Facebook for, let's say, November, so we have October surprise, so then it's either October. Okay, here's the ones that are available. You got September. You got December 12th. That's the one you'd want. Okay. September, it's not the 12th, but September 2012. Okay. So let's see what we got. But what, yeah. Do we have a low number? Uh, I'm looking at puts right now. <laughs> this is so great. You can buy a 10 buck put for 20 cents. Uh-huh. Whoa. That means you, at 20 cents, you start Whoa. making money, hold which on, means on, every time it goes, it goes to nine bucks, you make a, you, you, you make your money 5X. That's my question. So yeah. what, so what if it goes to 11 then? Then I lose? Well, you, you lose all your money. Oh, okay. So that, that may be too low. Okay. 17 is my number. Is there a 17 seven? is 91 cents a, a share. So that's not... So, wow, a lot of people believe it's going to go to 17, apparently. No, that's, that's not bad. 91 so, cents. So for if, a, I had for if I had $500 and it's at 17... You lose all your money. It has to go to $15.50 before you... About, well, actually, 91 cents. It has to go to $16.10. Let's say it goes to 10... And I have. If it goes to ten. Yes. How much money do make I make? Probably. Uh, I have five x. Ten x. So I'd make five thousand dollars. Yeah. That, that's probably. That, well, that's I'm not. Guessing. That's crap. Well. That's what it looks like. Well, this, what a stupid game. What happened? Like, I, should, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I want to make like ten thousand x. How do I make a thousand x? It might be a hundred X. I might be just looking at this oddly. I don't have my, yeah, I need a well, pen. Yeah. A <laughs> I need my abacus. The popular one is right now is the 20 puts oh, is uh, there's a lot of open interest. Uh, they're buck 70. <laughs> and uh, where's my abacus? Actually, I think the 20 puts a good bet anyway. Hey, hey, hey. I, no, well, look, I'm not that interested. I'm, I'm saying that this is what, this is what I, if, if I was them, this is how I'd do it. I'd have false it's, flag attack in October. Facebook a false goes down. False flag against Facebook is ludicrous. No, it's all PR. It's not ludicrous. Do you have any idea that you, know, you have to remember? People don't give a crap. People don't even give a crap about people being killed anywhere anymore. They don't care. But you take away the Facebook, then people will care. Then it's like, hey man, President Obama, get get your flamer out. Get your drones going. We got to bring our Facebook back. That's what people will care about. It will be the news for for months. I wonder if anybody in the intelligence community listens to this show and goes, you know, Bill, that's not a bad <laughs> that's idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> hey, man. Which then makes it unfair to put it in the book because you're actually telling him what to do. Maybe you're coding the message. Yeah. Yeah. 33. I'm telling you right now, this, it's just lame. Well, what's your lame. idea then? What Your idea is turning off the internet. No, that's not lame. <laughs> well, you do turn off Facebook when you turn off the internet. No, you just, you throw a, a, a virus into their servers, one that they can't get to. It's, uh, Facebook is the way to go. Facebook, okay. yeah, Facebook is the way to go. I know, I, I know what you're saying in some sick way. <laughs> But uh, now I'm sick. It's kind of pathetic. <laughs> now I'm sick. Would... Thanks. No, not you. You're not a big Facebook user. In fact, zero. Yeah, you don't use it at all. I don't use. It. I'm not even. I don't even have an account. An account. Right. No, I, I yeah, I use it to uh, to track my daughter and to terrorize her friends. Right. Yeah. 
which is great. Bully. Uh, I'm a total bully. So let me take a look for August, August, September. I'm, I'm still looking over you're, the tweets. You're, you're still trying to figure out. John, we're going to be rich. We'll, be. Have, we'll have $5,000 of rich. March, April, May. And of course, we have to pay taxes over that. It's like, it's, yeah. And then I can't use the 500 bucks for six months, five months. Mm. Eh, you, you get me cheap there anyway, June. Oh, this is weird. Okay, well, anyway, I'll figure it out later. We have the big Rio plus 20 coming up, which means uh, 20 years. It More was, of the same. It was 20 years ago today that Agenda 21 would play. Uh, so it's in Rio, and uh, we have now the UNEP, UNEP, the United Nations Economic uh, Policy Program. UNEP. And this is the new guys to look out for. They're the ones that are going to try and set policy for Agenda 21 and global warming. And let me just give you a couple of, uh, before I play this clip, which is quite nice. And I remember we read the the most recent report. Uh, well, you didn't. I did, so you don't have to. Where, wherein um, we are going to manage the, uh, the expectations of people about uh, global warming and climate change by uh, telling them how horrible everything's going to be with the cyclones and uh, the mass movement of dis- internally displaced uh, persons. And it's just going to be a horrible, horrible, horrible scenario. And uh, the Christian Science Monitor came out with a report with some interesting language in it. We're always looking forward. We're now, this is my favorite word, we're at the tipping point, John. Uh. <laughs> you okay? Report. Humans near tipping point. That could dramatically change Earth. Unless humanity deals with the underlying causes that could be pushing Earth's biosphere towards such a change, the results could lead to a social and economic instability, written by the researchers in a study unveiled Wednesday in the journal Nature. The underlying triggers that the researchers say could lead to a global ecological tipping point have a familiar ring. Population growth and the resulting thirst for resources with their effects on land use, climate, and habitats. We must kill all the people. <laughs> so tipping point is the, uh, <clears throat> is the new meme. This is it. We're at the tipping point. It's like peak oil of people. We're at peak people, everybody. And, and so I actually I looked at this... Uh, Peak people. <laughs> I looked at, well, so anyway, so uh, the compromised news organization NBC with the uh, Joker, Brian, that is Brian Williams, who used to do uh, reports in New York locally about uh, plastic surgeons and the women who visit them. Uh, I know because my ex-wife uh, was on one of his reports and he had to, you know, he was hitting up on all these women too, by the way, he's a total douchebag. And uh, so he does a report. And I just have to say, the science is in to domestic news, specifically the news today about our weather and our climate. Oh, wait a minute. I thought Stop these two the presses. I, I, I thought weather is not climate. John, just remind me. Have we whenever there's a snowstorm, 
We are reminded by these same compromised news organizations and scientists, weather is not climate. Is this correct, John? Is this not what I've been that taught? That has been the theme, yes. Weather is not climate. This is what I've been told. I'm very confused now. Brian Williams? Well, they changed it. The final numbers are in, and it's official now. This spring was the warmest in the recorded history of the United States. Woo-hoo! Also the 12-month period since they started keeping track. These stats make for much more than just a curiosity. The impact on the world we live in is as big as the raging and early wildfires they're fighting right now. (laughs) Do you hear what's happening here? They're taking the exact same script and saying horrible things, wildfires. It's all because of, well, well, let's see. In the American West, our report tonight from our chief environmental affairs correspondent, Ann Thompson. One glance at his fruit-laden peach trees, the biggest crop ever, tells Illinois farmer Chris Eckert the weather is unusual. We've had to really hustle to get all of our work done in time to be ready for, to harvest a crop because uh, normally we'd have another three weeks to, to get everything in place. Okay, so this is the weather, and the weather has grown the peaches big. Not a bad thing, by the way, but the guy had to hustle. The impact of our warming world visible in America's farmlands. Early strawberries in New York. Mm, I love them strawberries early wheat in Kansas. I love that wheat. Harvesting on Memorial Day instead of July 4th. Oh, they had to work on a different holiday. This is the first one that I can remember, so it's one for the books. One for the books. Northern Michigan's cherry processors stand empty. A warm March followed by a frost decimated 90% of the crop. No cherry for you. And killed hundreds of jobs. Killed the jobs. Now local makers of cherry products must look overseas. This year, we're going to be sourcing uh, some cherries from Poland. It was a record warm January through May in some 100 U.S. cities, triggering allergies, mosquitoes, ticks, and record wildfire. Oh, no, wildfire, ticks, mosquitoes, and allergies. In Colorado, the issue is bears. Bears! We anticipate a pretty busy summer. Out of hibernation early and drought conditions could send hungry bears to where people live. Hungry bears. Hungry, hungry bears. Hungry bears. What does this all do to, John? What could be causing this horrible weather? The food may not be there later in the year. Uh, at least not in a plentiful supply. So that's what we worry about. Cut to, oh. our, cut to our expert now standing on the uh, car-lined uh, honking streets of New York City. For the past 12 months, every state in the lower 48 had warmer than average temperatures except one. Climatologists say we're in unprecedented territory. And one of the suspects, greenhouse gases Woo-hoo! created when we burn oil, coal, and gasoline. <laughs> These types of warm weather outbreaks for a prolonged period of time is what we would expect with climate change. Wait a minute! I thought this was, the weather is not climate! I'm confused! They changed it. (laughs) If it suits them, weather is climate. If it doesn't suit them, weather's not climate. Hungry bears. Hungry bears coming to get you and eat you. By the way, they tried this this hottest year on record in 2010. Yeah. And it failed. And it started snowing. You know, <laughs> started, somebody cherry picked the date and somebody found them out. It started snowing. And well, there's that. <laughs> and so they, uh, they, they back, they just, they t- slowly walked backwards out of the room, keeping an eye on everyone and then disappeared and waited for another year or two to, to try it again. Uh, so we, we just have to wait for the real data to come in. This data is not. The science is in. The science is in!
You having fun? Wow, what can I say? I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Hungry bears. In the morning. Yes, those hungry bears. You have to watch out. William Powers, we want to thank, from Kansas City, Missouri. $121.97 in the morning, John and Adam. I don't know if it's the right box, but the only one on the screen, so I'll assume it's the right box. Long-time boner. <laughs> First-time donor. I felt I had to contribute something after the multiple-minute call-out on Thursday's show, so I figured I'd chip in a few bucks and take it easy on the take. Uh, take it easy on the takeout this month. Oh, the takeout. Takeout take food. Takeout food, He needs yes. a de-douching. Uh, Adam, you mentioned your wedding schedule and why it pains me to say it. I think we would all understand if you decided to take the, take the show before your wedding day off or after. The day off. Whatever. He's requesting some job karma, so he needs a de-douching job karma. He needs to wheedle my workplace into finding new shifts for me next semester so it won't ruin my ability to wake up for classes. The overnights just won't do anymore, blah, blah, blah. Good luck and fair winds on your wedding bonanza. I hope you make it to some sort of meetup nearest to Kansas City. On the Hot Pockets 09. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Richard Talmo and Parts Unknown, $121.21. Donating uh, on bath salts. I can't do that voice. <laughs> so I think this is your first donation from someone lifted on that. John, please read this in your best bath salts Come voice. On. I have. It bath- oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to admit. This is probably another annoying donation due to Adam's tweet appearance on 520. I heard the name Curry. I made the MTV connection. I was impressed with your presence and knowledge and that it was. You had me at Facebook is overvalued. I checked up on you on a resource that would learn you effectively call the book of knowledge and made the obvious connect. Wikipedia mentioned you claim to be bi-curious. I did some further research and there was someone named Mickey. Could it be? Did Adam's bi-curiosity just migrate to bi? I learned otherwise. <laughs> That's a good basalt voice. It's the only thing I got. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of Adderall-y. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's making fun of Mickey's name. You know, I, Patrick, I, can I just say... He, he didn't ask for any karma or nothing. Can I just say that I've been uh, researching, and we'll get into that after the second half of the show. Um, or in the second half. I've been researching bath salts, and if you just research this, it, it is amazing. People are doing in, in, entire... Uh, running, doc, documenting, okay, you know, I just did it intravenously, you know, or I just snorted oh, yeah, it, or I just smoked it. there's a bunch of people that love to experiment on themselves. No, a bunch, a bunch, John, thousands of people are doing yes, this. Yes, this is true. And they're tracking it, and they're saying, well, I, 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 you know, on bath salts. Don't stick it in your ear, man. It's like, uh, I felt like I needed to do something. I just cleaned up my office. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is good stuff. All right. I'm oh, sorry. Continue. Patrick Mackham in uh, Mount Vernon, New York, $111.11. And I do want to mention something. Maybe it's in here. I'll, I'll wait till the end. John Smith, St. Petersburg, Florida, $100. Looking over PayPal numbers I sent to Rand Paul that could have been sent to no agenda. Please call out Rand Paul as a douchebag, along with the GOP. <laughs> douchebag. I'm more grateful than ever that Adam and John have never compromised. If I hear a Monsanto commercial on this podcast, I will have nothing left, man. Monsanto. Danny Baker in Morristown, Tennessee, $100. Joan Duff, Dodafrey in Morgantown, your favorite place, Motown. West Virginia. Motown. Motown. $100. 
please accept this donation in hopes that you won't give up on the Sunday show. No, I, we never not. said that. We said we said uh, to take July off. Yeah, I live for the bi-weekly podcasts. My house would be a mess without <laughs> them because I listen to you guys while I clean, which I hate doing. Do I qualify for a podcast yes. license now that I'm on a monthly thirty three thirty three donor? Keep, yes, you do. Love you guys and keep up the awesome work. Yes, X you do. Oh, Joni. Yes, you do, Joni. I, I, I can't do because um, you get a podcast license, which is first name, last name dot podcast license dot com. I can't do an apostrophe. Just so, make it D A. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Like, oh, as it means of Odafrey, so you could just say Odafrey. No, I'm going to do Odafrey. Ask her what she wants. Yeah. Christopher Luna, San Antonio, Texas, 100. John and Adam, keep up the great work on the show, AK. The best podcast in the universe. <laughs> Much love and thanks. Nicholas Stowe in Austin, Texas, right down the street from you, That's he says. Right. That's right. Donation number three towards my knighthood, Mr. Nick in Austin. $100. Mr. Nick, I'll be at Halcyon on Saturday. We're there every Saturday. Come and uh, we'll have, uh, I'll buy you a coffee. What the heck is that? It's uh, it's this great place in in Austin uh, on Fourth and I think Guadalupe, and mm-hmm. uh, they their their motto is everything bad for you, caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, they got it all and smack. <laughs> Black Knight McTank, Playa del Rey in California, hundred dollars. Shifting to Sydney Sunday contributions. Any chance you would play the Sunday services soundbite? If it's too long, then how about bullshit Huntsman Karma? For no agenda, listeners, producers, knights, and hosts. We I'm, can do... I can give this, it all. I can give it yeah, all. Yeah, do the whole thing. Yeah. Let him have My it. My children, it's a Sunday morning service. Yeah, no agenda. Gonna get some out of courage. Gonna get a little child. Bullshit. You've got karma. Hello. Wonderful. Hello. Patrick Floyd in Las Gatas, California, 9999. Say it. Niner, 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 niner. Guilty of an inebriated donation. Okay, here we go. He's guilty of, let's see, is he, you once again have reassured my complete and utter skepticism of all things Ministry of He's Truth. Drunk. Hello. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Yeah, right. Once again, reassured by completed under skepticism of all things Ministry of Truth, derp. <laughs> As of lately, I want to thank you both for the best <coughs> podcast in the multiverse. <laughs> I wanted to give a karma shout to my two particular slaves named Rill Rudder and Garrick Penn. <laughs> the latter for telling me about No Agenda, now a donor. Not a boner, slaves, XP. You've got karma. John, I, I, I just got to say, I love you, man. I love you. I love you, man. Ross Brook, Books, Ross Books in Berkeley, California, 8888. Long time, that's a nice number. We should promote that yeah, more. Long time donor. Quad eight. For, long time Listener, first-time donor, I have a short article at gradethepress.com that your listeners might like. Pop up mentioning us. I don't make any money off it, but I want to spread it around for free. Maybe some karma for the thoughts. Yeah, karma it is. Gradethepress.com. You've got karma. I'm going to go see it right now. Grade the press. So we should have a mention on that thing. Yeah, I guess. Sir Yaz in Linden, North Carolina, 8333. Uh, Please refer me to Sir Yaz. That's what we did. Can I get a don't be a denier jingle with a duck call slide whistle? Thank you for the media assassination. Hmm. Don't be a denier. 
The science is in. Well, that sucked. Yeah, that was kind of Gochi Madubata in Lakewood, Ohio, 80. First time donor finally figured out how to stop my recurring donation to invisible children after listening to you. <laughs> Whoa. You. Yeah, thank you. Well, I had to give you the same amount that I donated to them. So here's $80. Keep up the good work. Thank you. James Barnett, Southampton, Hampshire, 7388. Please accept this humble donation from Gitmo Nation East, where I will be working for free and told to camp under a bridge in the rain <laughs> by my A4E slave master. At least I'll be kept busy by cleaning up after the elite's party. <laughs> Better do a good job or it's jackboot to the face. If I'm a good slave, they may pay me in dented cans of dog food. I got a shiv made out of melted Jubilee flags to protect my stash of dog food cans, which I'll need in 2013. <laughs> Please do all the people in Greece that don't have an extensive stash of dog food that they can live off of. Have a nice God summer damn. break. Well, that's C-SPAN, CNN, and Fox. You need some R&R to get away from the war zone, media war zone. Regards, James, G7GIJ, 73s and 88s. Yeah, 73s, and, a- yeah, 73s and 88s. That's why the 7388. You've got karma. I love that he's got... Shivs made out of Jubilee flags. It's good. It's a good idea. Send a picture. I want to say 7388 is a great donation yes, from my hand. Yes, 7388s and send a picture of your shiv. Uh, Robin Benelli in Happy Valley, Oregon. Six, ah, here we go. It's kept up. 6969. I'm donating on behalf of my longtime boner husband, Sean McKinney, for his birthday present, which falls on tomorrow's show, which is today. She came in on Saturday. For right. his birthday, please dedouche him and call him call out one of his friends and fellow listener Chris Farva Anderson as a douchebag. Douchebag. For not donating. Also, if it's not too much to ask, I'd love to get a shot at karma for us as well as we go to quit our slave jobs and open our own home business-based business which are going all right but could always use a little extra help so we can continue living the American dream with just scraping by. Thanks, you guys, for the work you do. Good luck with that. Good luck. You've got karma. Karma for the new biz. Andrew Lemessini in Colorado Springs, Colorado, $69.69. Wasn't planning on donating this amount anymore, but I'm too tired. Okay. But last week's challenge to end the donation amount demanded action. Waited for Sunday like a good boy, Adam. I might have a trailer for you, but it's a bit of a long shot. My neighbor has one. He's a pretty down-to-earth guy, and that's the stretch. If you're interested, you got my info. If not, just poo-poo it on the air. I'm not poo-pooing anything. Hit me up, Adam at Curry.com. Send me an email. Let me know what's going on. Colorado Springs is not Texas. Um, but, you know. There's things that can be done. Yeah. Paul Schneider, Edmonton, Alberta. sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Paul Paul Schneider. Okay. Sir Thomas Nussbaum. Mm. Nussbaum, please wish St. Nicola happy birthday on the 12th. Soixante-neuf. Mm-hmm. Ti amo, ti amo, Which means, uh, I love you long time. And he wants to meet us, meet you on the 2009 tour so he can bump rings. Uh-huh. <laughs> Holy crap, we got a bunch of 69-69s. Mm-hmm. This means, this should probably end now on yeah. Thursday because I think we it's run out of It's going to be steam. over, yeah. Gary Whitehead, BSB, 6969. These are all 6969. I won't have to mention that. Get laid karma. What else? The show's great. Keep it going. But Adam should really have a week off for his wedding. You know, it's very interesting that uh, 
got a lot of uh, notes from people saying, uh, please don't take July off, but you should have your wedding week off. Yeah, you should take that one day off. I could do a clip show. Oh, God, no. Not oh, a clip oh, God. show of oh, sound God. effects, but a real clip show. Oh, God, some no. Of our no, 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 no. You've just convinced me I'm doing a show. You crazy? I'm not going to have another one of those debacles. It wasn't a debacle. People love that clip show. Mm-hmm. It was a debacle because you weren't in it. <laughs> that would be part of the problem. James Allen Lodberg in Reichstad. Someone Home else should Expo do it. Norway. Someone else should do a clip show. And one of our producers should do a clip show. You can do a two and a half hour clip show of John and I just being awesome. And you think I'm going to complain about that? No. <laughs> Uh, karma for a sweet 6969 karma for me and my sweet, sweet webcam girl. And please do all the shows in July. Toot, toot. <laughs> we love the webcam girls. <laughs> You've got karma. Told you. Hundreds of thousands of them. Raleigh Hawk in Anna, Illinois, 6969. I'd like some 12th anniversary karma for my smoking hot wife and myself. Oh, yeah. You're getting some tonight, my brother. You've got karma. Wow, John, the 69 Swasadnuff list is big. <laughs> Huge. Nathan Marshall, Grand Forks, North Dakota. We continue. It's sir to you. Uh, I have been. Oh, here we go. I've been drinking a wonderful single ball scotch. <laughs> Archbeg. Being well toasted, I was thinking since the 6969 meme has surpassed 33 straight episodes. <laughs> I say it deserves to be minted into a new challenge coin. Oh. Not any old coin, but a double headed coin. Because everyone knows 69, 69 always heads and ends in the heads, no matter how you flip it, if you catch my drift. <laughs> Send some plain old karma my way, see you work suck, but hey, it pays the bills and maybe karma will get me some ray rise. <laughs> You've got karma. Sir Nathan, I think it's a fabulous idea. It would be great to have a 69, 69 coin, double-headed. Well, you know, your head Eric on one Shield side has been wanting to do a double-headed coin for over almost two years. Well, your head on one side, my head on the other side. Yeah, so wherever you flip yeah. it, head heads. Wins. Yeah. Joseph uh, Sickber in London, London, London. Sixty-nine, uh, sixty-nine. I like to call out Edward Aoi Ow. How do you pronounce that? A U E as a douchebag. Douchebag. Short and sweet messages. We love him. Sir Oscar Nadell in Takati, California. The last sixty-nine, sixty-nine for today's shows. Question to Adam. Uh, ask Adam Jingle here. I just got Atlas Shrugged and Confessions of an Economic Hitman. What should be the first one to read? Uh, I would say uh, economic Confessions of an Economic Hitman first. And then yes, Atlas Shrugged. I would agree. Yeah. Victorian, Merstown, Pennsylvania, 6789. Uh, happy 23rd birthday to the Huntsman Karma. That's, six, seven, that's my 6789, obviously. 6789, sorry. Uh, to my happy, distracted slave baby, Scott, from Leesburg, Virginia. He's the one with the happy T-shirt and the Shiksini meetup. Mm, he made us all proud, right. not only because of the many successes, but also because of all his intelligence and willingness to see through beyond the false reality of getting up nation. If there are more like him out there in the sysadmin fold, the world would do just fine. Please put this donation toward his knighthood. Absolutely. And so he needs a huntsman karma. Yes, of course. You've got... Karma. Ashley Burton in the United Kingdom, 67, 6667, which means she wants to slide whistle, uh, or he. In the morning, too, hope you get some new names in the donor list this week, because just in case I thought I'd donate again, couldn't handle getting all my news from the mainstream media. It's not too much to ask. Please, could I have a Huntsman Squirrel Karma to set me up for the week ahead? <laughs> Squirrel! 
You've got karma. Jason Johnson, Santa Rosa, fifty-five, fifty-five, California. Just uh, wait till show four twenty. But Adam cries about the donations. Finally, got me to stop being a douchebag and donate early. Been listening since January. And if I get a shot of karma for Brian and Sir John Smith for turning me onto the show, I know they'd appreciate oh, fuck. it. You've got karma. Uh, double nickels on the dime from Scott Olson in San Diego. Going to send you for a Thursday show, but decided to send it on Sunday since you've been bitching about Sunday donations. Can I get a war on chickens karma from hold, the best podcast? Yeah, hold on a second. I just spilled my coffee everywhere. <laughs> Oh, that, that's really funny. <laughs> well, as long as you don't spill it on that one piece of equipment. Well, I basically spilled it on everything here. Hold on a second. The War on Chicken. You've got karma. Uh, it's going to be sticky here for weeks. You use sugar? No. Oh, and then I guess uh, it won't be sticky. No, won't be I, don't, sticky. I don't use sugar. Fine. It'll just stink. Stinky. That's what I meant. Stinky. 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 Myron uh, I. Rice in Council, Council Bluffs, Iowa. Double nickels on the dime. Uh, I would like Dvorak to spend five minutes on cooking every once in a while. Why? Because it's interesting. Your money is down. Maybe that's because your food or your feed isn't podcasting. It, has, it hasn't been for a month. What? That's... That's what he says. HTTP Curry Pod Show, WPRSS2.php. I'd recommend if you're going to abandon this site, send an MP3 with a short message and use on the other site. No new listeners. Why? Because there's no way to download the feed on your website. Okay, that's that's bullcrap. Noagendanation.com is not our website. And it was only down for a day. Noagendashow.com, and we have um, uh, the show notes, and there's a feed prominently listed there. And curry.podshow.com is not the official feed. By the way, I'm redirecting that. So you should get the feed. Uh, but if you're subscribed to that, you're doing it. You're not doing it right. Uh, that's okay, honey. I, I, I have uh, tissues. It's okay. It wasn't that bad. It was just all over the monitor. And by the way, thank you for jumping out of the shower and coming in here with nothing on. That is hello, soixante neuf. You want to take a break? Yeah. Can we just take a little break? I'll be right back. 30 seconds. Okay, but yeah, that sounds about right. In the morning. Thanks, love. See, this is, what a, what a woman. She's listening to the show, number one. I guarantee you, your family's not listening. Does your family listen to the show? Hello? What? Does your family listen to the show? No. No, no they can't stand it. All right. She's so, listening uh, while taking a shower. they listen to the show when they're driving. She, this is really what the show's all she about. She jumps out of the shower, comes down with tissues to help me clean up the mess I made. That's a woman. That's the, that is, that, you're my wife! You should have said, where's the paper towels? <laughs> That's a woman you want to marry right there, dude. Okay. I, you want me to marry her now? Let's see. Okay, we got uh, William Bryant, Spartanburg, South Carolina, double nickels on the dime. He did send a note. And I want to apologize for my really angry email with the last donation about the TSA, but, but which reminds me I have a TSA story. But more importantly, it gave me karma, which I never really believed in. And I must say, it worked. <laughs> the same week, I got another opt-out pat-down, and the officer was a total no-agenda. Woohoo! He, we talked about how bad the machines were, and he said, yeah, they make us watch these brainwashing videos, but I heard it can alter your DNA. Well, cool. That was, that's, 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 the, uh, that's the millimeter wave one, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, I flew out at the same airport, which the week before had taken me an hour and a half to go through security, and they handed me a time card to track 
down how slow the line was. It took only 13 minutes. That's weird. I would have to say it was definitely a no agenda karma. So please give me some TSA karma with a you will obey uh, as I'm forced to listen to CNN at the airports. Love you guys. Okay, let me, uh, well, I'll do a you will obey first then to uh, to make it right. Hold on a second. Where the, uh, here we go. You will obey. You've got karma. Okay, yeah, Veronica Roberts, uh, another, uh, let's see if we got anything for her. Hold on I don't one think second. so. I don't think so. B-E-R-T-S. Uh, let's see. No, I don't see anything. Uh, well, I got a lot of Roberts in here. Veronica Roberts, donation note. Oh. In the morning, guys, I'd like some karma after this no insurance douchebag rear-ended my car last week. Oh, boy. I'm not injured. No, but I'd also like to request a no agenda theme song in the morning by Sir Jeff Smith. And thanks for all your hard work. Uh, well, give, her, I, give her the karma. karma. Yeah, I don't anything. have the theme song here. handy. You've got karma. We'll play in the next show or two. Yeah, Maybe at the beginning of the next show. Mark Rudolph, Ann Arbor, Michigan, double nickels on the dime. Oh, another drunk donation. <laughs> drunk donation. If I wasn't, I would have been more. Okay. Drug donation. If I was it. If I wasn't, I would have been more responsible and paid by student loans. <laughs> but I'm living the American dream of just getting by as a starving artist, so I'd rather keep no agenda going through July instead of paying the man. Can I get some adios bofo karma for my Kickstarter campaign? Love you guys. <laughs> yes, we can do that. Adios, mofo. You've got karma. <laughs> IDM to you. There's an anonymous donation uh, from Florida. Double nickels on the dime. Uh, Lister since episode 353. Why? Because I heard about No Agenda on Twit and had to hear Adam Curry and had to hear Adam Curry having watched him host the top 20 countdown back in the day. Please deduce me and give my friend Zane Black a Hey Citizen Karma for his new heavy metal instrumental Operation Vampire Killer Part 1 The Decline of America. Play it loud. Uh, here's the link, and he's got a link which we'll put in the show notes. Uh, now twice a week, uh, skewdaily.com. So he needs a de-douching and then the Hey Citizen Karma. You've been de-douched. Hey You've citizen. got karma. Crap. It's a double Hey Citizen. Yeah, it's a double sit. Good old Bob in Staten Island, New York, 5507. Uh, you can refer to me as blah, 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 blah. You guys were both great on Twit. When Adam was on, I was waiting for him to go off on Scoble. But he remained incredibly well-behaved. I was secretly wishing that he would rip Scoble a new one. <laughs> he doesn't like Scoble. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I only knew Adam through no agenda. Well, this is a reverse. Yeah. And have new respect for him because of the way he came off on Twit. Isn't that sweet? Anyway, I'll take a Putana Ching Chong Karma shot. Thanks for the good work. <laughs> You've got karma. I'm a little worried about that because, you know, I've shot my wad now on Twit. You know, it's like, what am I going to do now? How can yeah, I top it? Yeah, it's going to be a hard act to follow. Yeah. Uh, but you're the same guy, same yeah, person. Same guy. Jan Luter in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, 5307. Take the day off after your wedding, dude. <laughs> Slide whistle, yes. This is from Jan Heino Lutter in Pennsylvania, host of Jan's World. Not the best podcast in the universe because of no agenda. Thanks for the wine note info, wine info, John. And Adam, if you could say jansworld.com in this great MTV, in your great MTV voice, I would be very happy. All right. And by the way, it's J-A-A-N-S world. 
everybody, it's Adam Curry here from MTV. Up next, we've got johnsworld.com. <laughs> so Frederick Engay in Sandefjord. <laughs> 5150. New donor here to make sure you don't take any time off in July. Greetings from Gitmo Nation Oil and Fish. Keep it lit, y'all. Woohoo! Don't use his uh, name. I'm trying to think what the, uh, what, is, he, is this Norway we're talking about? Yeah. Don't use his name. Uh, don't use my name or town. Although the town is hilarious. There are a few weirdos and crazies where I live. Besides me, uh, John and Adam, I just unpacked a box from a move I made almost three years ago. I found an old iPod, which was in the No Agenda episode 46. It had it on there. I'm indeed a longtime boner, first-time donor, listening since the open table and wine discussion days that apparently I alone liked. But here I am, three seven, 370 shows later, I'm still listening. I'm a cheap ass. But Adam's incessant pleas have finally cracked the surface of my one-step fears and finally time to support my, my f- favorite Tier 3 news <laughs> service that is indispensable source of news deconstruction, wit, and sarcasm. Tier 3, baby. That's us. We're tier 3. Tier 3. <laughs> tier 3, all the way. <laughs> Write that in the book. The title of the show. Uh, please re- continue to preach against those who would suspend our rights for the duration of the permanent war. Yeah. My best of Mick, Mickey and Adam's. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. That no, was for a, me. That was for me. Douche. That was for me. He's de-douching. Yeah. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. I guess I could bring the zombie slayer onto Twit. That would be kind of fun. Because sure. Leo liked the gun thing. That He was really into that. It was a little too much, I'd say. <laughs> you think so? Huh? Hmm. Kelby Koenig, Grover, Colorado. 50-50, looking for a little opt-out karma. I'm flying to a small regional airport that refuses to, to use anything other than the death ray scanners, which, is, by the way, is bullcrap. What's bullcrap? You can, you do, according to TSA, you can be asked to be opt, to be patted yeah. down. No, you can, I'm opting out today when I'm flying to L.A., absolutely. Here's your karma for it, though. You will need it. You've got karma. Have you noticed there's a new thing they're doing now? Is where they, they wear the gloves and they rub the soles of your feet, and then they take the gloves off and they check the gloves to see if you have any, uh... Oh, and by the way, I think this is bullcrap, because I flew a day after I was at the shooting range, and I had to have all kinds of residual powder all over me. I was wearing the same shoes. I mean, nothing went off. I mean, oh, so it's bullcrap. Yeah, it's bullcrap. Yeah, it makes sense. Mark yeah. Anderson, Windsor, Ontario, 5007. Send in a donation, but you cannot find a place on PayPal to comment. Donating it from Pele Island, Ontario. Get donation, Tim Hortons. I'm finally deboning myself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds Hey, you're going to fall to the floor, buddy. Yeah. Or slide whistle. I've been propagating the formula. We'd love a de-douching karma combo and, and a douchebag to John. Douchebag. Oh, thank you very much. Tim Hortons is a coffee and donut franchise. I, I, a lot of Canadians wrote in. Yeah, I, I confused Tim Hortons with Harvey's. But the burgers at Harvey's are, are cool. Tim Hortons are all, they're, Tim Hortons are like Waffle House. They're everywhere in Canada. And I should know better. Aside from that, I'd keep up the greatest podcast in the universe. And hopefully one of the more than 10 Northwestern donors Adam might quit whining and over voice overing now. Now this w- this week, karma. yeah, deduce karma. Absolutely. You've been deduced. You've got karma. Dame Tanya, New York, 
5007, I realized my Sanko to Mile donation put me over the Magic 3000 giving level. I'd be heartbroken if you cut Sunday or July, but understand you guys have to do what you got to do. Come on, boners, donate. Also voting for the slide whistle on the best podcast in the universe, of course. Yep. Uh, Joshua Loy in San Diego, California. That, th- Tanya, Dame Tanya, $3,000 to the show. That's, Dame I, Tanya is a winner. Yeah. She's a patron. Yes. Uh, especially when, like you mentioned, you know, which we did get some extra new guys this week. Because, I think, but, well, I we think had to, we, you really we had to 10. shake, to rattle the cage to get them to come up board. Well, we got the and 10. I like the PayPal guys that give us the PayPal money. Yeah. San Diego, California, Joshua Loya. Wait, wait a minute. What are you saying? The PayPal guys that gave us the money. The guys who said, look, I got a bunch of money in my PayPal oh, account. Oh, right, right, there, right, 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 right. Send it to us. Mm-hmm. Long-time boner, first-time donor, despite the fact that I'm getting by just like any other American. I thought it was finally time I paid my fair share. Please, may I have a de-douching and a birthday mention? Oh, do we have them on this thing? Let me check. Go ahead. Josh- keep, keep reading. Okay, Joshua Loya turns 32 on June 5th. Also with some karma for my martial arts instructor who has several books available via Kinda. Despite the fact that he's trained me, a man who is totally blind, second-degree black belt, the martial arts school he runs, not by bringing enough money for hookers and blow for us, for, but is not bringing enough money in for hookers and blow for all of us black belts. If you're interested in checking out his books, search for Scott Conway. Okay. Uh, Joshua Lawyer, San Diego, and he wants the slide whistle, and he used the de-douching. Yes. You've been de-douched. And karma for his instructor. Oh, I'm sorry. You've got karma. Anonymous donor from Parts Unknown, my wife and I listened with interruptions since the first show and greatly appreciate the work you do. We disagree with many of your opinions, and, sh- and you should, but sadly, especially moon bases, but sadly, you are the only one reporting anything important. Keep up the great work. I hope to donate more in the future. By the way, I don't care if clips don't live up to Adam's sound quality standards. It's all about the information. Living in San Francisco and looking to buy a place in the Bay Area, we all would like to request some housing karma. You've got... Karma. Well, you're going to get cheaper if you leave San Francisco. It's the prices are there because of Facebook have gone to the roof. No, that'll all be over. And when I get my $10 short put, <laughs> short, short shot put, shot put, uh, Charles Moe in Lafayette, Colorado, 50 bucks. Hope this donation uh, helps the drought. We recommend the documentary War on Kids is right up your alley. Congrats oh. and have a great wedding. Oh, thank you, Chuck and, Chuck Inger. and Inger. War on Kids. Wow. Your first Long chicken, kids. now kids. All right. Oh. Yeah, I had Joseph Hatch, another $50, Springfield, Virginia. Listening to the show in the last month during my commute, which is quite long, and it was moved to donate for the Sunday shows after listening to Adam bitch like a little girl about not having enough Sunday donations. <laughs> no, new donors is what I said. Yeah, he's actually new donors. Yeah. What he was bitching about. I understood, yeah, because it was the same people. And we like them to keep it up. I mean, like Dame Tanya, but, uh, you know, some new people. Would be no, nice. it just, it, it, we've got too many boners. I understand that simply propagating the formula is not enough for us. Boners must become donors in order to have the two of you continue delivering the value for value that I crave each week. And a slowly slave of Gitmo Nation, I plead with you not to, not to leave us hanging on just one podcast a week now that I'm hooked. I implore you not to take away my weekly double dose. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. I apologize for my prior transgressions. Please keep doing what you're doing and finding your heart to give me a de-douching. Mm-hmm. You've been de-douched. There you go. Yeah. 
Very you know, our, nice. our, 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 our boner to donor ratio is just not what it should be. That's all. Yeah, I agree. Paul Levy or Levy, Levy in Grinnell, Iowa, $50. Dean Calvin, Finley, Ohio, $50. Uh, greetings from Finley. Love the best podcast in the universe. Andrew Wilson, Melbourne, Victoria, 50 Gert von Trip. Tripe. Tripe. Tripe, as in the tripe. Yeah. Delicious. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Did you say delicious with a Dutch accent? Did you really just do that? I tried. Yeah, good. Ross Cleland in Chelmsford, Essex, 50. I'm a, uh, I'm donating drunk. After hearing my brother call me a douchebag on a Wednesday show, the only place I could find any comfort after listening to the show was at the bottom of a bottle of vodka. <laughs> Please de-douche me for the donation and say hello to my beautiful girlfriend, Sarah, who is beautiful uh, beautiful, and who has to live with me being a douchebag since Wednesday. Although she says she's had to put up with it for years. You guys do amazing work to keep Adam's hair like that. <laughs> The show is good too. <laughs> so he needs a <laughs> You've been deduced. We do I have to say that we do a lot of work on my hair. That's for that's sure. It's very hard. All right, well that's our donors. We had a good list today and want to thank them and all the people who came in for uh, lesser amounts of money, which was was a good number. And we want to encourage people to support the show every show that we do so we can keep doing it and feel good about it. And that means going to dvorak.org slash na channel dvorak.com slash na noagendashow.com or noagendanation.com and clicking on the donate button and you'll be helping us uh, and yourself uh, to continue. Yeah, it's a part of your healthy news diet and of course the only way we can do this is without commercial. So it is a value for value proposition. Dvorak.org slash na. Thank you all very much. Highly appreciate it. It's your birthday, birthday, I, 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 no Thomas Nussbaum says happy birthday to St. Nicole. Uh, she celebrates on the 12th. Alex Lacone says happy birthday to his wife Estelle and son Agostino. Robin Benelli uh, says happy birthday to her husband Sean McKenney. He celebrates today. Victoria congratulates herself turning 23, sent pictures. And Joshua Lawyer, uh, 32 on June 5th. Happy birthday from all of your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And because we had uh, two Instanites and uh, some other people uh, upping for their second or third time, obviously helping themselves, their families, the world at large, I challenge you. I challenge you. Go find something that is uh, that does what we do. And I want to mention something. Yes. So one of our, our, our guys came in and he said, uh, I wanted to start the, and I'm going to, this is going to be, a, I'm just deciding on a policy here. You can... Argue we did want. not have a meeting about this. That's clear. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I have no idea what you're going to say. Guy says, "I'm look." He says, he "I know at the the, the first, Yeah, he was at the and the January first. We're going to stop using rings. We're going to have a pins or something else. We're going to be doling out. There's going to be no more rings." He says, "Look, what if I if I start a a, a layaway program today? I won't make the January deadline because it takes ten months to get to the uh, to the amount." Could, is it possible to reserve a ring? So I decided that if we, if anyone wants to start the layaway program, which is very clearly listed on the Noah, on the divorce.org slash NA donation page, uh, we will, at least for the, until the, let's we have to give some cutoff date, like end of July. Wow, you've really end. thought about this policy, haven't you? No. No. End of July, end of June, something like that. Well, this part I have to get you to agree with. Uh, we can 
let them yet. They will will we'll reserve a ring for them, uh, it, which may occur sometime in February or March if they do that by a certain date. What do you think? Fine. Good. We, Good enough. You will change. So the answer is yes. You'll change the page accordingly. <laughs> yes, I will. Okay. I've got my blade. Hello. I can't get it out. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, Lisa Bemro, step forward. Anonymous, John Chernick, and seven-month-old Woodrow Winter. Please step forward. Kneel before me. You too, son Woodrow, with your seven months. Thank you so much for supporting the No Agenda program or receiving support from someone who loves you very much. I hereby pronounce thee, Dame Lisa, Sir Anonymous, Sir John, and Sir Woodrow, all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Hookers and blow! Or security blanket and some formula. Spiked formula. For uh, seven-month-old son Woodrow, Christian Winter, his dad gave him a knighthood. I think yeah, that may be our, nice. our youngest knight. Could be. That's very cool, actually. So, um, I like that. Thank you all very much for supporting the program. We did have more than 10 new donors. Uh, I'd like to keep that going, please. Uh, uh, you know, as, as long as we keep getting new donors in, then, you know, then we can, we can go for a long time if we keep getting 10 new donors an episode. That will, yeah, that will no, really, true. really help. So that's good. And, uh, uh, thank you all for suggesting I take uh, the day, uh, after my uh, wedding, uh, or before my wedding, actually, off. Uh, I don't know if I will. I mean, it depends. It, it, there's evil to be fought. Uh, I've got to be there. There is just evil, John. Well, talking about that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> TSA. <clears throat> so I went up to Seattle. Oakland still has the system where if you go to the Southwest Terminal 2, they have, uh, you know, the electric machines on the either side <laughs> and in the middle is just a magnetometer yeah so you get in that line you go through nobody cares right and it right. moves it keeps the things moving mm-hmm. so I, I figure well coming back from seattle with the you know jace uh, buzzkill jr and and jay uh who hates good flying because she would make her get patted down and she finds it uh, an assault yes and uh, so we come in there and they got all the uh they got a blockade over all the uh, X-ray machines. Oh, really? A blockade? Yeah, there's a big thing in front of it. They don't know. You can't that you know with an X can't go through. And so they were all magnetometers for some reason at Seattle. So we huh. go through it, but it's like a slow process. Yeah. And it turns out there was some some supervisor on the Pacific Northwest that re- sent all half the workers up to Everett or some other airport for some reason nobody could explain so the, they were shorthanded and they it was like there were only two or three lines where there's normally eight huh and, and so it was like just slow huh. and even without the without the x-ray machine it was slow and they were trying to make it as fast well, and then it turned yeah it turns out that and we didn't know this and some guy was explaining it to one of his associates the problem was that they didn't have enough baggage checkers which is a different pay grade Mm. than anybody else in the place. And there was only five of them. Hmm. So in other words, when the guy running the machine says, bag check, need a bag check. Yeah. There's there's a guy, an official. It's not like anybody can open the bag. And oh, there's no, like a guy no. that's a designated bag yeah, guy. Bag checker, yeah. And so this guy calls for a bag check and we waited five minutes. Because oh. the guy checking somebody else's bag in some other line, it was like, 
it was weird. It was totally weird. And it was, I don't even know what to make of it. And the guy, meanwhile, the bag check guy comes over and he's fiddling with somebody's bag. It was hilarious to watch. Fiddling with somebody's bag and he puts it back in the x-ray machine and then he goes through and he brings it back and puts it back again. And then he unzips a little, one of the things to look inside and he busts off the zipper. Oh. So yeah. now it stops the lining because he's trying to yeah. figure out how he can fix this problem. Yeah, I can't. No, he broke yeah. the little thing off, and he didn't know what to did do. You, uh, really- did you take my advice, the uh, no agenda tip? Did what you, was it? Did you go through the first class line at uh, TSA? Or were you just like I, a good little slave? I didn't go through the first class line, and I'll tell you why. The first class line, which was on the other end, was it, it looked to me from a distance until I found out otherwise that it was going to be a ma- it was going to be the X ray machine. I just soon go through the magnetometer. I knew the one I could see was was there were saying yeah, but, but you're fight you save time by going through the first class line because now the way they have TSA set up they don't check to see if you're a first class passenger. I'm doing it in, again today in Austin. And yeah. uh, and I can just go through. Just well, like, okay, well just keep doing that. I'll do that, yeah. but it's kind of hard to convince someone when you're on a Southwest flight. I do it for Southwest. Okay. Well, I always fly to... Southwest. The problem is at this at the Oakland airport I want to go through the middle line. There's three big sections, yeah. and the first class line is there, mm-hmm. and it goes right into the X-ray machine. Yeah, but no, like all the first class people—that's bull crap. Because you can uh, right after the check, no, you can no, turn it's left. blocked off. Well, it's then you completely... just opt out. Then just opt out. Why? Why should I opt out when I can just fly through the magnetometer? Uh, yeah, okay, you're right. All right. Well, sometimes, but sometimes it can be a valuable little tip to know that they no yes, longer. Yes, I, I agree. It's the way to do it, and San Francisco is where it would come in handy. Right. Um, war on sugar for a second, Johnny boy. Play this jingle. I don't have a war on sugar. Oh. No. You, you play war on chicken and yell sugar at the end. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so we had a whole conversation about what the FDA ruling was on corn syrup not being called uh, sugar or corn sugar. And you were quite steadfast on saying, you know, this is no, no, no. In fact, I even called Buzzkill Jr. out uh, inappropriately, as you pointed out. Um, But the FDA did say in their ruling that sugar has to be a a crystalline structure. Right. And someone tweeted. No, no, no. They said it had to be a powder. Crystalline wasn't the issue. Okay. Well, powder. But I will point out, someone tweeted this link to me from the Book of Knowledge, Crystalline Fructose is a real substance that looks just like sugar. Oh, yeah. No, crystalline fructose is, but that is not high fructose corn syrup. It's made of corn. It is a different product, and it's very expensive compared to high fructose corn syrup. Let me just read you the book of knowledge. You tell me if it, I mean, of course, it's the book of knowledge, so it could be full of crap. Crystalline fructose is a processed sweetener derived from corn that is almost entirely fructose, consists of at least 98% pure fructose, any remainder being water and trace minerals. It is used as a sweetener in the likes of beverages and yogurts, where it substitutes for high fructose corn syrup and table sugar. Crystalline fructose is estimated to be about 20% sweeter than table sugar. So, but it is a form of non-sugar corn. It's basically corn. So it would not, is it, does it have the same bad properties? Does it make you fat like high fructose corn syrup or not? I think it probably does. Okay, so that's where it's going to go. Fructose is in high amounts is not the healthiest thing. It's good right. in fruit. So, but that's where it's going to go. It's going to go towards. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible, but it's the corns that cheap as liquid shit that they, they've already, they're all geared up to use it. I don't think they're going to go back to a crystalline substance. Very funny. Someone just sent but me. But it says fructose on those labels, by the way. Someone just sent me an email. Uh, 
with two pictures. Oh, I got to put this on on the show notes. It's it's log cabin maple syrup, original maple syrup, and it says now exclamation mark no high fructose corn syrup. And then he takes a close up of the back ingredients: corn syrup. <laughs> yeah, well, corn syrup is different than high fructose yeah, corn syrup. Okay, but you you understand? I mean, yeah, some music. We're, get, we're getting but, but down. What I into get is the old, you know, original formula, original, and, the, and it has high fructose corn <laughs> syrup in it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this product goes back to the 50s. Yeah, there wasn't any. This is not original. This is bull crap. It's like Coke. You know, they started using it. So going back to our uh, to my thesis about um, this is very interesting. Wow. Going back to my thesis about a um, a virus having the, uh, making a drone go haywire, I got like ten emails on this now. Call of Duty Black Ops Two, which is a video game, which comes out I guess in November, is all about a future scenario where the enemy gains the keys to all of our robotic killing machines. <laughs> and it comes out right at the time when we need the October surprise. How cool is that? Yeah, that's what you call cross marketing. Yeah, hold on. Let me just. There's a trailer. There's a trailer for Call of Duty. Let me see if it uh, if it's worth anything. I find those games to be very realistic and lifelike these days. It's pretty amazing. I, I don't even have a game console. I don't play games. I don't give a crap. Uh, but there, I hear the, some of the best ones are on the computer now. Yeah, I hear the kids are way into them. Call of Duty. Let me just see if there's any information here. So that's interesting. Pushing the boundaries, blah, blah, blah. Here it is. Okay, we got a video. Ooh. Cool. They got letters typing on... Ooh. Wow. There's a dude sitting at his desk. Aside from the fact that I'm still alive. None of this surprises me. None of this surprises... It's me! None of this surprises me. I knew it was gonna happen. Cool, drone! Technology is strong. Robot. Drones. Got weaker. Drone. Hellfire. Drones. Wow. We built computers. Drone. Robots. Robots. Unmanned armies. Unmanned armies? No one ever asked. <laughs> what happens when the enemy steals the keys? <laughs> awesome. Nailed it. Oh, there you go. And that's what's going to happen. It's a proof. What? It's proof. What happens when the enemy steals the keys? That's uh, proof. Did you uh, go to Data Palooza? No. <laughs> Did you even know about Data Palooza? No, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to find out about it. Tuesday, as part of our new Tech Nation series, we tagged along with U.S. Chief Technology Officer Todd Park to the third annual Health Data Palooza. So we're here backstage at the 2012 Health Data Palooza, which is about to kick off. There are 1,500 incredibly excited people outside celebrating a tidal wave of entrepreneurship innovation that's happening built upon open, liberated government data, helping get the latest health information at their fingertips, help doctors deliver the best possible care, help employers promote health and wellness, and much, much, much more, improving lives and creating jobs. It's incredibly exciting. What Todd is doing and everyone at HHS and healthcare.gov is trying to free that data so that apps like us can 
things build much more quickly, much more easily, so that we can focus on actually building the tools for the consumer and not accessing the data, which is where we spend quite a bit of our time now. Okay, hold on a second. Data Palooza, John. Data Palooza. I wonder if this fits into what was going on on CNN over the weekend. Well, I, I heard it on Sirius, and then I was at the airport, and I saw it on the airport. It was a big special report on CNN by this one woman. I've seen her before. Cohen, I think, is her last name. And it was the top ten horrible things that happened at the hospital, or, or that routinely happened at the hospital, including people having their operate up. on the wrong thing, yeah. Yeah. the ups. eyeball being yeah. removed for no apparent reason. <laughs> hey, my eyeball, you took out the wrong eyeball. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was one horror story after another. Somebody had a feeding tube, and they had they've got multiple tubes. It's the number six, and they show somebody with a tube going into their uh, into their veins to feed them drip, a drip of some drug, and then a feeding tube, and then somebody taking the feeding tube solution and sending it into their veins, and then killing them because you can't send food into that's because the veins. We, that's because we didn't have all the data. And then there was a bunch, it was all these things that was just unbelievable, went on and on and on. I wish I had some clips of it because they were all horror stories. And it was like, what? This is... uh, This could be, I I think this may be the tie-in I was looking for. Well, this is the big waste of money known as Data Palooza. And by the way, our new man on the scene, uh, do you know anything about our new uh, chief technology officer, Todd Park? Todd Park. No, but I bet you he's a winner. Yes. Co-founder of two successful health information technology companies. Began his career as a consultant for Booz Allen Hamilton. You could not get more military industrial complex than Booz Allen Hamilton. Park co-founded Athena Health with uh, Jonathan S. Bush in 1977, uh, 1997 at the age of 24. Um, it was the healthcare IT, blah, 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 blah. 2008, he co-founded Castlight Health, named by the Wall Street Journal as the number one venture-backed company in America for 2011. So this guy is a huge shill, and he's created Datapalooza. And you should actually, you should uh, take a look at this website. Yeah. You know, they, enough, they, enough to make me sick. Oh, yeah. HDIforum.org. Catchy name, guys. And there's uh, there's douchebag uh, Todd Park. So this is so they had the big app challenge. That's what this was about. No, first of all, it's all these companies who are vying for government contracts to make some use out of our data. Who gives a crap about your stupid government data? It's like a smokescreen data. It's all data. It's all just data. And who is going to have a dashboard? Oh yeah. Well, who do they invite? Of course, you need a celebrity. Oh, Todd, this is Todd Park. He's he's a, he's Korean. Yeah, oh, think so. God. So yeah, Park is a major Korean name. It's like the four families of Korea. Park yeah, is one of them. Yeah. So uh, if you were to invite a celebrity, who would you invite to uh, to spice up your data palooza? Who would you invite? I'd invite Clooney. Nah, no, no, no. Clooney's a no, no. You can't do anything for him. He's overexposed. All right, who? Who would you invite? Come on, man. Take another guess. Uh, well, I would. Bill Clinton would be good. <sighs> totally overexposed. That's, he's no good. He's no good. No, 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 man. You want someone hip? Remember, this is Data Palooza. Oh, uh, Jay Z. Getting closer, but it's Data Palooza. Data Palooza, which of course is a takeoff on Lollapalooza. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> no, you need a rocker, man. Oh, uh, 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 
what's his name? The, uh, the, the E Street guy. Yeah, close. You're in New Jersey. Close enough. No, it's not okay, Bruce Springsteen, right. but you're close. How about John Bon Jovi? Oh, why? But okay. It's my honor and privilege to introduce Mr. John Bon Jovi. My honor and privilege to introduce... <laughs> you mean John Bon Jovi from Red Bank? Are you kidding me? It's my honor and privilege... Dude! But now listen to him. Listen to poor John. I know the guy. He, 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 so they give him a script. See, basically, he somehow has to tie in this app challenge into his um, JBJ Soul Kitchen, which I think is actually a good thing. He has these uh, kitchens where um, you go in, you make a, it's value for value. You either make a donation for your food or you volunteer for your food. And it's got like a, a 200 of these things. And so, th- I like that. I, I have to say good initiative. But they've hired him to come in, and he has to tie this bullcrap app challenge somehow into his story. So they give him a script. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Deputy Secretary Jones. Hello, everybody. Uh, by the way, I've edited this for your convenience. Thank you very much for coming today. This is a very exciting step towards a new tool that draws upon open data including vital health care data and puts it in the hands of the people who are most in need. To provide you just a little background on why I'm here today, my foundation, the John Bon Jovi Soul Foundation for the last several years, has focused on issues of homelessness, affordable housing, and hunger. Our model at the kitchen is about bringing community together in a self-sufficient, empowered way, where diners who can afford it are asked to leave a donation for their meal, and those who can't volunteer. Today's finalists will test their apps at the Soul Kitchen, but I bring it up now because as a personal experience, um, it is what let me here uh, to be a, a partner on Project Reach Develop Challenge. Last winter, a volunteer at the kitchen, I don't need this script any longer. <laughs> he couldn't even read it. It's funny. Uh, last year challenged. Because somebody integrate. else wrote it. It's really yeah. annoying when somebody yeah. hands you a script to read. Here, read this. And you don't want to read it. He's probably like, what is this skip logic thing? How do I put that? <laughs> How do, what is this bull crap? Skip logic. All anyway. Right, so we got another stooge in the White so, House. So that's, wow, geez, what that's a they, shocker. That's who they brought in. You that's blew who. me away with this, this <laughs> stunning revelation. Let's go to Euroland for a moment. Because uh, we haven't spoken about Euroland. Now, we have a couple of interesting things happening. Uh, Spain now um, has received agreement, not a check, by the way, agreement that uh, its banks, its commercial banks, will receive 100 billion euros. And I shall tell you what this is being used they for. wanted 125, by the way. That's dollars. Read it properly. was 125 billion euros. No, it's 100 billion euros, $125 billion. All right, go on. Yeah. So uh, this is, uh, the reason why this is happening is this is what's going to be, well, I'll read you the quote. EU sources, because they don't want, so there's 100 billion, so all the finance ministers, all these douchebags, including that fat, fat pig from Holland, young case, the Jager, Microsoft integration IT douche, who's probably a, a data palooza, playing the skin flute. He, uh, so they all got together on the phone and said, yeah, we'll all chip in. We're all going to give money. So if you live in any European com- country, 
They are taking your money, your tax money, and giving it to commercial banks who just failed because they suck. And they all agreed, yep, we're going to do it. Now, where does the money come from? Well, says Wolfgang Schobel, it will come from the ESM. And this is what I've been harping about for, what, nine months now? The ESM, the European Stability Mechanism, which is outside of all other European agreements, and he literally says that's why it's so important that the ESM be ratified quickly. So they have to ratify this thing, and this is and it's an open-ended blank check for any country in Europe. And, and it's not being talked about in the mainstream media. People don't realize that you're signing away everything to the banks, literally to the banks. So they, so this is just one big, another bullcrap story, and this is just to press through the uh, ratification of ESM. Now, did you see the slapping video? Yes, I did. And I have a, a link to it in the show notes. You're talking about which, well, there may be more than one slapping video, but the one that I, go on. Okay, so this is the Golden Dawn Party. They have a, and uh, which of course has immediately been, what are you, what are you slapping right now yourself? I was the slapping sound effect. Oh, very good. The uh, Golden Dawn Party, which of course in the media has been portrayed as Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, they're Nazis. But I read a lot of uh, uh, blogs and stuff from people in Greece. Uh, I think you once sent me this link, Ventanism, Venetism. Yeah. Do you still read that guy? No, I don't. Well, he, so what happened is uh, they're on a television show. I have the audio here. It's kind of funny. So you had one of the guys from the Golden Dawn Party, and then two, as, as uh, my Greek blogger friends call them, Greco-kleptocrats, i.e. the people who stole the money. And they're sitting on a panel, and this is annoying. There's two annoying women. And this guy eventually just gets so fed up with whatever. I can't understand Greek. And he tosses his, his, his water into one woman's face. And then the other woman gets up and he slaps her. But I mean like hard, like three times. Like, bam, bam, bam. There's the water. Slap the bitch, I think that means. Now, I will say that this is something that uh, uh, the Golden Dawn promised. They said we would go out and hit him in the mouth. <laughs> it's true. Promise. Oh, yes. That was the whole thing, the whole punchline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the punchline. All Greek political parties, only Golden Dawn has kept its promise. Golden Dawn got 7% of the popular vote on May 6th parliamentary elections because it promised to hit all Greco-kleptocrats. Indeed, Golden Dawn Minister of Parliament, alias Kashidaris, hit two socialist MPs on live TV with all Greeks watching the spectacular show again and again on replays. It's great. No, I think that's, uh, I think that is good. I, I, you know, and, but it'll be portrayed as crazy Hitler guys. But oh I, yeah, well, but, it's because they're not following the right pattern of behavior. Right. May uh, June seventeenth is the big uh, election, and we'll see what happens there. And uh, it'll be Gitmo Nation Suvlaki handled peculiarly. Hey, I got something I got to discuss here. This is interesting. The front page of the Sunday New York Times. I want to read you some clips from this. Tell me, there's not a uh, there's not. This is not an attempt to sell drugs okay. to kids. Okay. 
Uh, it's front page above the fold. Big story with a big picture of a pill. <laughs> Risky rise of good grade pill. Mm. That's the headline. The subhead is taking stimulus not for a high, but for a higher SAT score. <laughs> Bath salts. Now it goes on and on. The boy exhaled, blah, 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 blah. Throughout, it goes on about how this thing actually works. The drug was not cocaine or heroin, but Adderall. Uh-huh. See, bath salts are not good. You can plug those. The pharmacy companies don't make crap from those. I love the picture stuff. of the kid on the couch with his goofy smile. Do you have, that's on the web. Do you have It's on page. That's inside. <laughs> he's, got his, he's got a really, he's sitting on the couch completely hammered. This is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, eh, I'm so baked, dude. Wow. So this is basically, they got one. Point six million prescriptions, and if you talk to any kids that are in college, they all use this stuff, yeah. and they, you know, it's because it makes you more competitive. But this sounds more like an advertisement than any sort of scandal. And look how big that story is, by the way. That is a big story. This is a huge front page story, and it goes inside and takes up an entire page. And mostly, from what I can tell, it's cheerleading. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Huh. So they warn against uh, abuse of prescription. Mm -hmm. Once you, oh, this is a nice quote. Once you break the seal on using pills or any of that stuff, it's not scary anymore, especially when you're getting A's, said the boy who snorted Adderall in the parking lot. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what the, what, 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 <laughs> wow. I mean, this is a promotion. Yeah. Wow. Well, they have to because the bath salt thing is, is rampant and out of control right now. And right, and, and that those are not – the drug companies make nothing from that crowd. they got to kill that with bad publicity. It's going to kill you. It's not good for you, all the rest of it. I don't wouldn't use it in a million years, but I, it doesn't show it to be that bad. Well, what's interesting is the story is shifting now. The story is shifting on this bath salts from zombies – which is how it all started, right? It was like, oh, this guy's a zombie. Yeah, they have they have gotten off the zombie. Meetings. So have you have you figured out what they're moving over to now? Uh, I heard it. I heard it the other day, and as soon as I heard it, I said, ah, that's the new meme, and I've I didn't write it down, so I can't remember. But you you've heard it, right? Of course. Here is CFR shill Aaron Burnett. Aaron Burnett, whose oh, waistline yeah, she, is she nails it. Yeah, her waistline is shrinking, which is good news, and uh, but her brain is shrinking along with it because she's just propagating. The formula. Fifth story out front. Drug enforcement officials are zeroing in tonight on a drug called Cloud9 as the brand of bath salt that could, and I emphasize could because we don't know yet, be behind cannibalistic behavior. And oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. That's what I'm, as soon as I heard that, I said, now we're going to cannibals. Cannibals. So Yes. So what's the movie? Is there a movie tie-in for cannibal movie? Well, there's a, <laughs> there's a couple of things going on. Uh, yes, there is an NBC series uh, coming out, which is Hannibal Lecter, the series. Oh, right. That's it. Yeah. I, okay. Hannibal Lecter. That's is, right. I, I knew that, too. This I just, is, I this is the promotion. This week. Let's just oh, listen crap. to the uh, expert who checks in here. A string of attacks. I want to show you some surveillance video of the most high-profile incident that happened in Miami last month when Rudy Eugene pinned down a homeless man and chewed off his face. Last night, we told you about a separate case, also in Florida, where police say Brandon DeLeon gnashed his teeth like an animal and tried to bite an officer while under the influence of a cocktail of drugs, including Cloud9. So what exactly is 
Cloud 9. It's awesome. Out front tonight, clinical toxicologist with the Poison Control Center, Dr. Alexander Gerard. And good Which, by the way, is a complete uh, shill organization. To see you, sir. The, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say we got a bunch of movies coming out. Cannibal mm-hmm. Diner mm-hmm. coming out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Sleepwalking Cannibal yep. coming out in 2012. These are all movies. Then there's another yep. one, just yep. the movie Cannibal, which just came out in 2011. I don't yep. know if it's ever got released. No, no. Cannibals. So we got cannibals. Yeah. Cannibals, cannibals, cannibals. Cannibals are out. Appreciate yeah. you taking the time. So um, can Thank you just you. explain what is Cloud9? Well, it's uh, made by uh, uh, Mark Beninoff, I think, has made Cloud9. Isn't that uh, those guys? Yeah. So, you know, Cloud9 is just really one of a number of different types of bath salts that are available out there. Um, They go by names like White Rush, White Lightning, Ivory Wave. And they all seem to contain three similar compounds, MDPV, Methylone, and Mephedrone. So could there be an ingredient you know, in Cloud9 so it's, it's that, definitely that, very scary. that... But could there be an ingredient Absolutely. in it that causes this cannibalistic behavior that we've seen several examples of? Okay, now I want to stop it here for a second because this is interesting, and his answer will kind of uh, uh, accentuate the point. I read <clears throat> a little bit of crackpot stuff for you. We need some of that. On the... Uh, there's a, a couple of different uh, pages or blogs about this stuff. There is a guy... Remember way back in the day, John, we were talking about binary drugs. And a binary drug is you make sure that someone has something that they've ingested. And then the minute they get the second piece of the binary drug, then they go apeshit. Yeah, we talked about this more than a few times. Yeah. So I be- so there is a, um, of course, an anonymous sort, a source that there was a major drug company who uh, was manufacturing MDPV bath salts, selling it to head shops. In addition to the drug's main psychoactive component, MPDV, um, he was asked to synthesize an additional element, which he says, well, he says it it would come through radio waves. I'm not not sure Uh, about how that would work. Well, you know, look, can I give you anything? They They even had a trade name for it. Cap and Trips, which of course is a kind of a callback to Captain Trips from the stand from, uh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> but this is Cap and Trips, K-A-P-I-N. Yeah, okay, we don't care. Go on with the story. And it would compre- com- it would uh, basically create this uh, recreational drug that would be sold at gas stations anywhere. People would be on this stuff. And then they use the, um, uh, let me just get, the, I, got, I looked up the definition for you. It's actually... It's actually called something. It's uh, <laughs> radionics. There we go. Radionics, which is the use of blood, hair, or other substances unique to the person as a focus. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, essentially, you can do this at a long distance, and it, would, it could work through uh, cell phones. Uh, uh, and and David Cronenberg is the guy behind this, right? Who's David Cronenberg? The, the director who does movies that that address this sort of thing? Well, I'm just saying there is an alternative, an alternative theory. Of course, I'm all on board with the, with the movies, with the movie promotion. But there is an alternative theory um, that there could, this could be a binary thing. And that this is, they're testing it now. And they're flipping the switch. Because this guy who turned into a now cannibal... In Miami, you know, he was a religious guy. He'd never done any drugs, uh, smoked weed once in his life. And all of a sudden he goes nuts. And now listen to the expert saying that this is possible. 
Well, I think probably what we're seeing is that this is a, probably an ingredient in there, which we don't unfortunately really know yet at this time, that somehow interacts with the chemicals in the brain. It either rather increases dopamine, serotonin, or norepinephrine, these neurotransmitters in the brain. And people respond differently to the different chemicals. Not everybody's the same. It could be based on genetics. We don't know why some people behave as cannibals and almost like zombie-like <laughs> behavior and why other people who are used the exact same batch. They behave as cannibals because they're hungry, man. What are you talking about? Really have no problem you know, at all. And that's part of the problem is we don't have studies. We don't have trials. A lot of what we know about these products are from the patients that come into the ER and that are having, you know, adverse effects. So, so I'm just saying I'm researching this. And uh, by the way, the original zombies come from Haiti. That's where the original zombie uh, comes from. And of course, the way you create a zombie is by giving them a small dose of the poison from a puffer fish. Certainly, you know about this, right? I know about the poison from a puffer fish. That's what fugu, fugu, uh, yes, exactly, is derived from. And you have to be very careful because if you nick, the, I think it's the liver, one of the organs of the fish, and you get one small drop of this of this toxin, you just drop dead. Right, but but if you get no, it's not. You can somehow dilute it. Well, I guess if people eat the puffer fish because it gives them kind of like a really weird taste around their mouth or their yeah, mouth it goes starts numb, to numb your mouth. Numb your mouth, yeah. Uh, but in Haiti, this was used, if you look at the lore of uh, voodoo and, uh, and zombies, it was used to uh, make people look like they were dead, because effectively they are pretty much dead, but then they wake up after the effects of this uh, puffer fish wear off. So I don't know, maybe that's part of that was synthesized or put into it. I'm just saying there's, there's alternatives to the... Uh, I mean, why else do we have all this... Zombie apocalypse, CDC warning for it. I mean, it's it's possible. It's just, I'm just saying it's possible. You know, well, that's funny because you're the one that's the big, the the, the hard writer on the movie thesis for all these things. I and still, we have lots of movies. Eddie, 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 and uh, what's it called again? Eddie and the uh, zombies, or or Eddie and the uh, cannibals. cannibals yeah. Eddie, the sleepwalking cannibal. That's the big one. But here's what was really interesting. So the girlfriend of uh, of this guy formerly known as a zombie, now a cannibal, uh, who lives in Florida. She came out, uh, and she's now represented by Gloria Allred. Now, Gloria Allred is always there when there's money to be made, although I think she, she's pretty real. She she represents women, uh, but you know, whenever, there's a, you know, whenever there's a book deal or a movie deal or something, she's always right on it. And she did a press conference with this woman, and she said something that cracked me up. Remember, this is the whole reason for this press conference is she wanted to make sure that her client was not represented as a cannibal as well. Anka and I are very concerned about the issue of cannibalism <laughs> and the number of cases that are being reported in other states and countries, such as Alabama, Canada, Maryland, Japan, and Sweden. Wow, I had no idea cannibalism was, was so rampant, John. This is, it's crazy. Now let's talk about cannibalism with Gloria Alred. Jokes are being made about this issue on late night television. This is horrible. You can't joke about cannibalism. For example, last night Adam Sandler did a comic bit about it on Jimmy Kimmel. But cannibalism is a serious issue and is very dangerous to the health and well being of both the cannibal and the victim. It <laughs> <laughs> just cracked me up. It's very dangerous to you if your face is being eaten off. Yeah, that sure appears to be the case. <laughs> it 
and very dangerous to the victim. Duh. Duh. Even the Center for Disease Control has weighed in on this important subject. It is very important that the social taboo and stigma that have long been attached to this subject continues and that society condemns cannibalism. (laughs) I think there's a pro-cannibalism movement afoot, John. We have to look out. Pro-cannibalism is on the rise. I'm watching a trailer called the Cannibal Zombie Movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Yeah, indeed. Anyway. Anyway. So there's another meme floating around that Jon Stewart tried to uh, deconstruct. Oh, what would think? Did he, he fail? He did it wrong. No, what did he do? I think it's nothing more than just an excuse to, uh, you know, to say, to use a term so you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it, did, just tell me there's, there's, there's not a meme after you play this clip of all the a medley of people using the term. See if you can identify the term in this uh, medley of, uh, of clips. Fair game. High school has always been this line, right? It always, what's fair game here? Do you think it's a question that is worth asking? In other words, show the birth certificate, or do you think that's out of bounds? This comment to the Daily Beast saying that Mitt Romney's family comes from a polygamous commune in Mexico. Is that fair game? I mean, is that fair to talk about? Is it fair game? I mean, putting... Putting the killing of bin Laden in a political ad and then taking the additional step of suggesting Mitt Romney would not have given the, the kill order. Absolutely not. That's fair game. Launched the raid to kill Osama bin Laden. Was that fair game? Religion and the race for 2012. What's fair? What's out of bounds? Are you fair game if you come out and criticize the president? Is it fair game to attack you with the most vitriolic type of names? The issue of motherhood. Is it fair game? And they were doing this to both candidates. I wouldn't say a word. I'd say, well, you know what? Fair game. Now this battle over Bain. What is fair game? Tax on Mitt Romney, the businessman, and whether or not that is, in fact, fair game. Was that fair game and a successful strategy for the Democrats to use Romney's business record against him? Text your answer to 36288. Type SR1 for fair game. SR2 for dirty politics. All right. Fair gay. Fair game. No, fair game. What did you say? Fair gay. I I heard fair Fair gay. Fair (laughs) gay? I thought, I'm a fair gay. Fair gay. All right, so you took this from Jon Stewart, and how did he deconstruct it, and what do you have on it? He he was crazy. He just went all over the place. I don't think there's anything to it. I think the the term is being used as a lead-in to say whatever you want, and then you, in other words, I say, well, you know, let's talk about this guy's uh, religious preference. I don't know if it's fair game. Do you think it's fair game to say that he was a pedophile? Do you think it was fair game to say he was a, he was a stooge for the government? You say it was fair game, and someone says, no, it's not fair game. Oh, okay, well, then I won't mention it. It's just an excuse to get, you know, bullcrap information into the public domain as though this is the mainstream media again at work. This is a trick used to put in National Enquirer t- types of lead in stories and and information that's all it is it's just it's like this is my get out of uh, jail free card if i just say it's i ask the question first i say the statement yeah the guy's actually bald and he wears a wig you think it's fair game to talk about it it's just a scam it's a typical it's a news media scam yeah it's 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 to hedge your bet so you can say the word without without being blamed for saying it Right, and this is the same trick as as people, I do this, by the way, and I feel bad about it every time I do it, is taking a headline that is very unfair and probably not representative of the article and putting a question mark at the end. Oh, God, I hate that. You do that, really? Douche. I have done it. Yes, douche. I have. You're a douche. 
give me a douchebag. No, I'm not going to give you a douchebag. I, I did want to just uh, talk about the stupid PR headline of the day. Now, we uh, we discussed the uh, State Department's Rewards for Justice.net website, and they've updated the website since we talked about it. You've seen this? You've seen that they have now added a whole bunch of new douches from Lemon? Yep. Okay. So how do you promote that? How do you go out and how do you promote the fact that you now have up to $25,000 on dudes with turbans running around that the president has on his kill list, on his baseball cards, to go and drone? So how do they promote it? They go to site, that is the S-I-T-E, Site Intelligence Group, which you can find at siteintelgroup.com. And uh, you get them to come out with an unconfirmed story, which no one can independently verify, that a Somali Islamicist offered 10 camels for Obama and only a few hens for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and I want you to go to this site. Actually, if you can choose between... I'm g- looking at it now. Jihadist threat or white uh, supremacist threats. And you can't actually get to any of the news stories because you have to subscribe to this. This is the big... And this, by the way, is where all the translations that the, the U.S. government use, uses come from. They translate all the so-called jihadi websites, which no one ever has a link to the article. No one ever has the actual audio, which they say this was translated from audio. This is the, the, the craziest PR move I've ever seen in my life only to promote the fact that we've now put more bounties on people's heads. And I've never heard of someone getting paid off, by the way. Because what happens, we just yeah, go and drone well, the actually, guy. I heard there was a negotiations for the, uh, for the Obama thing. Because he was worth $10 million or something, I forgot. Who, Obama? Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Osama. Oh, yeah, someone claimed it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, but this is the Obama Osama mistake. Oh, my goodness. But then everyone runs with the story. You got to be really careful because this was on no agenda news network dot com a hundred times. Like, oh, this guy came out and said he's only worth 10 camels. That's a PR move. P and someone if someone has enough money, because if you click on any of these stories. So let's see. Let's uh, see if we can get the report from this great organization. Let's see. Al Qaeda leader. Ayman al-Zawahiri urged Tunisians to, to demand Sharia-based governance where, where, in an where, audio speech. Where's this? Just on the homepage under Jihadist News. Homepage. What? I'm looking at the homepage. The, home, the homepage, you can either click to white supremacist threats or jihadist threat. Because there's no other I, threats, apparently. Well, I'm on the jihadist threat page. Right. I have right there on the homepage. Zawahiri urges Tunisians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one. Okay. So I click on the story for the full Jihadist article. News. So I click on the story for the full article. I'm clicking. And then it says, choose your category: personal use, person. academic institution, press, government, corporate. So the green one is personal use. I'm like, okay, that's casual individuals, students, professors, and retired military. Three hundred right. bucks. How much? Three hundred bucks. Yeah. Three hundred bucks. To get your stupid propaganda. Well, here, let's do something. And, and, and look at what they here. Subscribe now and gain unparalleled insight into the jihadist threat, including breaking news. The latest propa- <laughs> the latest propaganda from jihadist groups. <laughs> yeah, propaganda. Exactly. 
exclusive translations. Enjoy ad-free content. This is, and this is what they all use, site. Set up by a bunch of shills. We have to get to the bottom of this. Here, about the site. You can find out who it is. It's, it's two shills who set this thing up here. Rita Katz, director and co-founder of the Site Intelligence Group, has studied, tracked, and analyzed international terrorists. She has personally briefed government officials. Born in Iraq, graduate of Middle Eastern Studies program at Tel Aviv University. She speaks both Arabic and Hebrew. She looks like a hysteric housewife of Orange County. Mrs. Katz is the author of Terrorist Hunter. And then Josh Devon. He's the other uh, he's the other co-founder. University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, of course. The Spy University is where they all come from. This is bullcrap. I, I can't spend three hundred dollars on getting these stupid stories, but just look at the headlines. And then, and, and I never see now, a if link. If you put the headline into Google, you get the site, the site, the site, the site, same yeah. thing. But you'll see site, S-I-T-E, Site Intelligence Group is the one that's always being cited with a C as their source. But everywhere, you know, here, here's the story from CNN. Uh, we cannot confirm independently if this was really true. But they never have, you know, if I could just get the audio, then I could at least have it translated. And then we could find out maybe if the audio was the actual guy. They're always talking about jihadist websites. Where are these jihadist websites? And how come our Department of Homeland Security can't take them down? They can take down every other website. Yeah, we put a big notice up. Yeah, why don't they take that down? Some you copied a movie. Yeah, they got access to the DNS. They could take it down at the drop of a hat. Yeah, I know. Well, well, point well taken. All right, we got. We on got, a lighter note, well, we got to get out of here, man. You got one more thing? Well, yeah, because I want to lead into the clip, the, the the end of show clip. Yeah, end of show clip. So there was a special on done by the Australians, and I have to say the Australians are very adept at doing documentaries. That are deadpan. What, do you, they're extremely what, is, what, is, what does deadpan mean? In other words, uh, deadpan is like you say something that is extremely like biting or, or you make some sort of commentary and you have a blank. Is the, the Dutch are all deadpan. Okay. They say stuff and they don't, they show no emotion in the process. And this, and there's a type of humor called deadpan, which is like you say something that's really hilarious, but you just look like, what? I didn't know it was funny. Uh, kind of thing. So there's the, um, I have to get back to my uh, list. Well, it's, it's the Rainbow Bridge. There was this thing, it was, it was done by the Australians. It was extremely critical of the nutballs who own ferrets. And we probably have, and I want to insult any No Agenda listeners, but it seems to me when you watch this documentary, there's some poisonous substance on the ferret, and people keep kissing them, and then they're just some next thing you know, they're in love with the ferret. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's a love drug? The ferret has a, a, a love substance? On, but it makes you love the ferret. <laughs> it's not like uh, ecstasy. No, wait, I don't think so. so you, wait a minute. This is my theory, by the way, because I see these people, they're always nuzzling and kissing the ferret on the lips often. Mm. It's kind of disgusting. So anyway, so they talk about the ferret and they, they fall in love with these ferrets and they have tons of ferrets. And so the, the end of show clip will discuss this in more detail. But it just as a lead in, I want this clip that just talks about ferret heaven, which is definitely worth listening to. The 
Rainbow Bridge is a very important part of a fair donor's life because the babies that have passed go over the bridge and wait for you. When you go over the bridge, they're going to be there. It's kind of like a little ferret heaven. And they say when they die, they go over to the Rainbow Bridge and they live happily ever after there. It's a good, a good thing to think that they don't just end. Um, I'm going to start crying. Uh, they have too much personality to think that they just end. Yeah, you have a lack of a life. So you have to, <laughs> I'm telling you, you start watching this and you cannot get, take your eyes off it. The Australians are some of the best documentarians in the world. And we could have used some more donations from them, by the way. They do some wonderful stuff. And this came out of ABC, too, which is your, where uh, yeah, Ma- Maynard, Maynard works. Our buddy Maynard, yeah. Okay. So uh, that'll be the end of show clip. You'll get a kick out of it. So what, there's more of this ferret love? Oh, it's worse. The end of show clip is worse. So the people than, have uh, inappropriate uh, things with these ferrets? Or is no, it, they're uh, too small, I think. Whatever the case, they have, they have all these. Uh, it's just a weird story. you got to see. Look for the ferret documentary done by the ABC. It's available on the YouTubes? I don't know. Maybe. Should be. Okay. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. We will keep our eye on uh, the war on data, the war on sugar, the war on chicken, the war on children. I should mention, by the way, uh, also from Australia... They have something new going on down there called uh, Healthy Kids Check. Three-year-olds will be screened for early signs of mental illness in a new federal government program that uses behaviors such as sleeping with the light on, having tamper tantrums, or extreme shyness as signs of possible psychological problems. Put the kid my on Adderall. My daughter's in the corner shaking her head. Like everyone's <laughs> crazy in Australia. Wait a minute. You sleep with the light on, so therefore you have psychological problems? Uh, oh, God. Really? Yeah. All right, everybody. I'm off to Los Angeles. I'll be back here in Camp Mofo Tuesday night, and I'll get ready for the show on Wednesday, and we'll have a great show on Thursday once again. Please remember us. Uh, we're a value-for-value proposition here. End of show clip coming up about ferrets. Here in the capital of the Drone Star State, as we run into overtime in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, plain and simple, I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll be back on Thursday. No, no agenda producer update today because Mr. Oils has lost his voice. Uh, We wish him well with that. Uh, Until Thursday, right here on No Agenda. She likes to steal potatoes and hide them neath my chair. And by the time I find them, they're all covered up in hair. But my silly little ferret comes chirping in dismay how could i be so mean so cruel to take her prize away i interact with mine at least four hours every day if you watch them they will talk to you in in sign language i don't know sign language i've never tried to learn it i know sue can command the deaf ferrets to do things, and they'll do them just by, like, come, and and um, she'll say something about she loves them and, and things like this. For me, it seemed like as my children got older and grew up and moved out that I sort of replaced them with ferrets. We like it. The advantage was that I could put them in a cage, and they arrest you if you do that with your kids. Right, I'm cowboy. When they do pass away, I have their bodies cremated, and I 
have them in little tins, and they're here in the ferret room with me. They're always with me. Because I have a big deep freeze, I end up collecting the dead ferrets of all the people in the club because we can get up to 25 pounds cremated for a good price. So we collect 25 pounds of dead ferret, and then after their ashes come back, we kind of divvy them up and go, okay, here's two teaspoons for you, and let's see, you had two ferrets, so you get four teaspoons. <laughs> My husband thinks it's very, very weird. He, he complains that there's, at any given time, more dead ferrets in my freezer than there are. There's food for humans. And then with single-mindedness, she feathered up her nest. She lined it with my children's socks. She really liked them best. And then she decorated it with bits of treasure found. Treasure being anything that chanced to hit the ground. Ferret, oh ferret, gather a stuff. Ferret, my ferret, when will you have enough? Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news. There's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try NoAgendaShow.com. Adios, mofo. slash N-A.